Hello and welcome to the Saladcast on Sunday, the 14th of August, 2016. I'm your host, Dan Train. Joining me today, Zachary Burgess Woo. and Robert Kemp. Gordon Tug. <laughs> He's German now for some reason. Yeah. I mean, he went to Germany, I suppose. I did actually go to Germany. <laughs> oh, yeah. For like a day. Two, two-ish <laughs> days. Yeah. Barely a day, technically. In yeah. terms of like hours. Just like go to Germany, drive for a bit. Hang about a bit at a wedding and drive back, fly back. So you didn't see much of the country, as it were. Well, I suppose it, technically I did because I was driving through. Driving through, through it, yeah. Oh, you like saw some autobahns. I did see some autobahns. The farm, farm, farm after autobahn. I mean, I mean, those barns autoed themselves. Did you drive really fast? No, well, not too fast. Uh. I got up to like. 90 in a Seat Ibiza. Pretty good. That's the rally car from uh, certain old rally games, isn't it? Is it? One no. One of them. It's an alright car. But driving on the wrong side of the road is weird. <laughs> Why is it so strange? I mean, the, you're just so used to it. Your positioning is all off. And it mm. takes ages for you to like not encroach on the right hand side over it's like it's handy on the autobahn because the autobahn's really wide the lanes are really really nice and big so you can sort of like spend time sort of learning it but when you get up to the country roads it's like oh i've got no room to screw this up mm. you've got to try and like you're, you're and like using reference points like on the windshield to be like okay if the if the <laughs> if the line in the middle of the road is hitting the hitting the edge of my vision here then i'm probably good on the other side of the car right like you have to, you have to try. Like it's, it just takes a while to train train your corners. Weirdly. Yeah, I don't know how people manage to train their corners, getting in and out of like different sized cars, just in normal like long cars versus short car. Like, how do you get used to that? I don't know. Uh, man, well, I wonder if I was being like, right, okay, stupid story of the week, I guess, um, right, or like baffling, baffling. This is the thing. right section for that. So, okay. <laughs> like, so I went to Cambridge yesterday. Uh, which accounts for my extreme level of tiredness today. <laughs> Why have you and, been boozing? Uh, uh, not so much boozing, just gaming till very, very early this morning. <laughs> ah, fair enough. And uh, uh, yeah, so we went out for a cheeky Nando's and went went and parked so, uh, where that is. And it was a very, it's an incredibly tight multi-story car park there. So there's me taking it incredibly cautiously because it's just like this is crazy tight and I can't really judge that offside left edge very well. I don't even know where um, Nando's is in Cambridge. Is that the Grafton Centre? Uh, bo- where the bowling alley is? Uh, bleh. Can't remember. It's like a cheeky Nando's and then you rock a steakhouse, but I suppose that doesn't help you. Uh, <laughs> anyway. But yeah, so uh, yeah, I'm, sorry, I'm very slowly going up this thing and I, and I do a reasonably good park job. And then the guy in the car behind us, as he just drives past, just sort of looks directly at us all in the car and shakes his head. And we're like, what just happened? (laughs) We just just drove perfectly normally and parked up reasonably sensibly. And this guy (laughs) just drives past going, oh boy, no, you you did that all wrong. (laughs) It's just like, we're just, and then like all of us in the car just sort of sat there for a moment, just sort of going, 
Did that, did that just happen? <laughs> what, what, what part of parking lot etiquette did we just break? Why do you think he was shaking not. his head at your car? Well, well <laughs> or you're parking, or you're driving. Why, did, why could he not have been shaking his head at just you? Literally, he's four twats. Well, I mean, that's entirely plausible. <laughs> we, we do have the faces for it. They yeah. say you wouldn't have done the same passing a group of, uh, of you know four gamer guys parking very carefully or as normally as possible and you just get asked and just <laughs> well, look at them actual- and be like oh dear natural park wasn't too bad but no no just going just going up the ramps is a bit or tricky. maybe you thought you should have gone in backwards instead of forwards or something. i did go in backwards or the other way around yeah whichever but he was like oh you're what are you doing going in backwards what are you you're holding take, me take up, too right? long. The thing is, is we're pretty sure we then saw the same people at the same cheeky Nando's. Well, yeah. You're also parking in this car park, which is next to the thing that you're going to. The so thing was, is we drove. I, it's one of those things. Like when I'm when I'm parking a car in a multi-story car park, and I know and I see that there's a bit of there's 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 at least a guy behind me. So I'll tend to drive past the first good-looking space. And carry on if I'm sort of confident that there's going to be more elsewhere. That'll be another one. Yeah, this this guy can get that one. I just you know get the pressure off me back. It'll be fine. Yeah. And I did that to about in to about two or three spaces. Well, maybe that's why he's still following you. (laughs) He still followed me. Yeah. Stop pissing around. But he was obviously parted. I could sort of understand it more if he was leaving, but because we saw him later. (laughs) If he was leaving, he wouldn't have. Been following you all the way. Well, it depends Surely. if it's one of those like cyclic, like like parking lots where you just go up and down at the end of each lap. I suppose that it's like you could be following someone who's going up for one segment. Did you see him later get his the chicken delivered to his table, and he just looks well, at it and goes, "Ah, oh dear." They were sort of sitting there for when we first noticed they were in the same Nando's. They were actually shaking their head at the time, so it's like it's probably just is. Is it uh, maybe maybe I'm taking the piss out of them for the wrong reason? Maybe it's a, like a Tourette's tick. I don't know. <laughs> yes, like that would be the, the classic result. But we did sort of like they sh- did walk past at one point, and we did sort of shake our heads out, but we didn't notice. It's <laughs> 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 great. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we were just sort of sat there going, uh. <laughs> <laughs> car parking etiquette stories. Mm. Stupid story of the week is somebody mysteriously shakes their head at you. <laughs> for, the for, end. for driving well and not hitting the wall? I don't know. For no reason. Apparently. It's one of those car parks, right, where you can see that the, the wall and, and the pole, like on either side, has been heavily hit by vehicles on every floor of right. this car park. Right. You can see like paint just scrapes like, on it. And stuff. Yeah. Like marks. And you're just like, at that moment, it's just like, all oh, right, this, this is the real deal. This is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This 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 ramp has seen some action. This whole place is very poorly designed, apparently. Yeah, car parks. Car parks generally are. Get it right. Weirdly, the one that was actually the most like one of the nicest car parks to actually ever like get around in, like of that design, that sort of like multi-story with ramps even there it was the one was the Ipswich Crown one that they decided was unsafe yeah closed it 
Was that it was unsafe? Un- it was probably it was unsafe was because there was not sufficient pillars. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's probably because of the foundation or whatever. It's like it was easy to park because there weren't enough pillars to structurally support the building. <laughs> yeah, 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 maybe. The Foundation Street one's not too bad. This is like Ipswich car parking review. Yeah, uh, right. yeah. Speaking crab pools are classic. <laughs> car parks are a big part of a driver's existence. They are. That's why I have no experience of them at all. <laughs> Really. Speaking of badly designed mm. and dumb stories of the week, I guess. House grouse. Yeah, exactly. Here we go. Apparently, we need to get a new fridge in our house. Did the oven do that? No, it's just, it's just <laughs> like, apparently, we want, now we just want to have a single fridge freezer combo instead of a separate fridge and freezer, which is just like, I'm not even sure why that's a thing. Apart from our freezer sucks. And someone's at Rob's door. Uh, There's going to be an additional cut. <laughs> so your freezer sucks. Your old freezer sucks. Well, it's like it's got these drawers. It's it. We originally had a top-down one. Yeah, that yeah. Like, that That's was classic. Ones, yeah. Classic, but like not actually helpful because like it's really difficult to. You can't really fill it up because then you're like, how do I get to anything at the bottom? Right. Yeah. <laughs> So then we got this new one with drawers, but the drawers suck. Like, it's incredibly difficult to get the drawers to go out and even because they're badly mounted or whatever. It's not just because it needs defrosting and it's actually frozen up and you can't. It's just like it's just a really badly designed freezer. Okay. So apparently we want to get rid of that and just have it combined with the fridge. But now it's just like, apparently, like. Our, our fridge is in like what used to be a conservatory, but it's now part of the house. And then it's like it's properly built and everything. It's not like a yeah gla- glass thing or anything. It's no. part of the house. It's just that it's through a door out of the kitchen into this little like it's basically a utility room. <laughs> kind of, but it leads outside as well from the. Yeah. Utility, is that right? That's how you get outside the, yeah, at the back. back. Yeah. So the fridge is in there with the freezer and the washing machine. And apparently we can't have a new fridge where the current fridge is because all modern fridges are too wide and it would overlap the edges of the window by like a couple of inches on both sides. Oh, no. Oh, dear. <laughs> and I'm like, so apparently the idea then is to put the fridge out in the like the little, little I don't even know what to call that room, like the little porch that's part of the house i don't know <laughs> what what do you call that little room that's on the back of a smaller room the really tiny utility room is this one <laughs> when you turn right is there i can't even remember no, your the house other, the other side oh. the left the left hand one it oh, used right. to be where the dog kennel was ah uh, okay okay so apparently the idea is like put the fridge in there and it's just like why would you inconvenience yourself? Is that right by the to... back door? Right by there. the back door. Right. Yeah. So in uh, order to get like food, you, you have, have to, to like go right to the edge. Doorways, essentially. Right. To the edge of the house. And then yeah. right. And then bring and it back like, into the kitchen through two doors. Why would like you inconvenience yourself by like a whole other ten steps and turning around two corners just because the fridge slightly overlaps the windows in a room that you don't care how much light's coming in anyway? <laughs> Well, how much light would it block? Why don't you care about the light? Surely you want light for like. Yeah, but it's like there's not it's it's on the back side of the house anyway, so the light isn't doesn't shine through those windows that much anyway because of the direction the house is built or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not like that amazing, and it's like who cares if it covers up those windows? You never look out those windows anyway. <laughs> They're Dang in the it. back of the house. There's nothing to see. There's a railway. <laughs> Thing is, even if they do this and they do it 
like wrong, then they won't even in the if they realize it would have been a better idea to put it, you know, overlapping the window a bit. It would be too much of a hassle to move it. To move it at exactly. that point. <laughs> yeah. I don't. Uh, this, this is the whole thing that I've had with all these house grouses recently that I've talked about on the podcast, where it's just yeah. like, I don't understand why people make these really bad decisions <laughs> that are obviously bad and inefficient. And like, why why would you choose to do it that way? Or, or, or not like not even just why would you choose to do that way, but just like why is modern design this way, <laughs> where it's inherently worse than old design? <laughs> what? Because the fridge is wider. Surely they're wider for a good reason. Like they... no, not the, not the fridge wideness. But like I, I was talking about the other things, like you know, like the boiler situation and the hot water tank, and like right. <laughs> how hot water doesn't come out because you don't have a hot water tank any longer. It's like what was wrong with a hot water tank? That was yeah. a perfectly decent bit of technology that was like. <laughs> It's been around for hundreds of years. Does the new version save energy? I guess it does, doesn't it? Because it's like on. Well, yeah, you presume so. But the idea of hot water tanks is they're supposed to be insulated, right? So they're supposed to mostly keep the heat in for a long period of time. But I guess you can't. There's only so much you can do in terms of physics. Whereas if you heat the water on demand, um, you know, you you can not be. You can be 100 percent efficient at not wasting heat. If no one's around, significantly less efficient at wasting water. <laughs> it's like what? What? There's the trade-off. Oh, because you have to wait for it to come through. You have to yeah, run I guess the tap so. for like ten to fifteen. Yeah. Seconds. What do you think's worse, losing water for the environment, like losing, um, you know, energy? I guess it's just energy, isn't it? Because it's just so. It's like you're burning gas, with the traditional yeah. system. You're burning more gas. You create more carbon dioxide. But this system potentially you're wasting drinking water, water and that which must... also takes a whole shit ton of energy to make it itself. Yeah, I don't know what the trade-off is there. Yeah, or just maybe you even, could capture that water because there's nothing like, wrong with that water. That's the thing. When you pour it down the sink, well, you're just true. waiting for it to heat up. Yeah. So yeah, and, and like, there's a lot of other things. Like I don't know whether I ever talked about it when we were when I lived with Rob for a while in that in that house, and it's the same with this house to a certain extent that Rob's in now, where it's just like the light switches are all like behind doors and stuff and it's like who who made this someone in a hurry (laughs) they're not that well made those new build houses that 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 you guys lived in and like modern toilet seats those suck who decided that toilet seats had to be like really thin and square It's It's exactly the wrong shape. It's like if you have hips, it's gonna suck for you. (laughs) (laughs) It's all designed, I guess. That's so that it's not for looks either, is it? It's so that is it so that it fits into looks bigger in the same space or something. You can fit it into a smaller like space, I guess. Yeah, because it's designed to make the houses look bigger than they are, I guess. Um, Right. Yeah, I don't I know. Suppose. I don't know. It seems like some of the mo- <laughs> a lot of the motivations of the design changes seem to be like not for people, whereas <laughs> old houses are designed just for people, and that's it. <laughs> New houses are designed. I don't know. To I don't know. <laughs> look nice for a while. <laughs> yeah, to look nice for a while. Yeah, or to seem like they're going to function. <laughs> Here's another question, a classic question that is sort of related on the same topic. When you're putting toilet roll on a toilet roll dispenser, which direction do you hang the toilet paper? 
Well, I, I do it from the SimCity 2000 way. Although, I don't know. Does SimCity 2000 take a stance, or just, does it just randomly pick? I don't remember. Yeah. I don't remember. That's um, I, hang it, I hang it over, but I know there's arguments for, for both. But I, I don't understand it. why you would hang it on the back, because... Apparently, it's it, something to do with pets, isn't it? Or dogs, like, grabbing it? It's easier. I don't think it would make it any different whether it was on the front or the back in that case. If your pet is going to grab a dangling bit of paper, it's going to dangle on either side. Yeah, but I guess it's quite a lot closer to the wall at the back. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I think it is some, there's some stupid reason there. But, but I don't have pets, so I don't care. But that's why hanging it off the back is bad, because it's close to the wall. It makes it difficult for you to grab. Yeah, totally. Yeah, but that's that. I think that's a trade-off there, I suppose, arguably. For if you've got a stupid Andrex puppy or whatever. Well, if you've got a dog, life don't fucking to... let it in your bathroom. <laughs> yeah. What is it but, doing in there? I, I don't Not know. Not shitting, that's <laughs> Drinking out of the toilet, I guess. Yes. I, I don't know. Yeah, is there some other argument for it, for it being on the back? I don't know. It looks weird to me. I don't like it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, why? Do they do it? Hang it the wrong way in your sometimes. house? Sometimes. I'm not sure if it's, it's actually consistent. But oh, sometimes right. Sometimes I'll, sometimes I'll notice it and be like, this is piece of toilet paper is really difficult to grab because it's against the wall. Let me just turn that around. <laughs> yeah, I do switch it around. Um, we'll have to find out if Rob has the um, the opposite way. I don't know. Yes, whatever his doorbell situation was, it's taken a while. So. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Oh, has he left his phone unlocked? Then we can move on to the news. Yeah, I don't mind moving on to the news. Uh, I've probably got some available. No, he hasn't left his phone unlocked at this point. Well, have you got any uh, headliners for this uh, for this two weeks? No, I've got nothing. I haven't looked at the news at all. Okay. Well, we, we'll talk about No Man's Sky later, obviously. Yeah, obviously. Uh, what have we got here? Um, that seems to be the main news, stuff around well, that. Yes. There's a piece of news here that says Grand Theft Auto V has returned to the number one sales spot in the UK after 151 weeks after launch. Hmm. That's not bad going, is it? Well, that must be prior to No Man's Sky, surely, because... Well, I don't know. The thing about No Man's Sky is, like, a lot of people I know who don't care that much about games seem to actually be playing it. Which is sure. a bit weird. Yeah. It's, I think there's a, for an indie game, I think it's like Guardian readers and stuff for like the idea of it or whatever. Uh, sure. We'll talk about that later. Yeah. Talk about that later. Okay. <laughs> uh, what else? Um, just marketing stuff. Do you see the, <laughs> I'm just reading the, the, uh, the news and it's just like, uh, things that are promoting things so this is like south park the new game they've made a, a virtual reality but for your nose so you can smell the farts that are your attacks naturally apparently it's a real smell of vision smell of vision yeah the noseless rift it's back. <laughs> yeah um and apparently it's a real thing that they'll have at trade shows i don't know how where, how well it will work or what well you say it's a real thing that they have at trade real shows. yeah it's a joke <laughs> like it'll be a, like a i don't know it'll be a repurposed one of those classic like they, those have been around trade shows for like many years where it's just like someone's smell always trying to sell sell you a smell generated <laughs> yes well that'll like, be it then. that's just not ever gonna happen not until no. virtual reality becomes the cheapest thing ever, and then we have to move on to, like, here comes some more sensors. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Uh, man, Nordic Games? I don't even know who they are. Uh, who, 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 I recognise the name, but I don't remember what they made. 
Okay, well, they've, they're now THQ Nordic. That doesn't really make any difference to anyone. Wait, THQ doesn't exist, does it? That's what... Well, yeah, what? <laughs> no, THQ Nordic, yeah. No, what was the one that shut down? Was it THQ? No, it wasn't THQ. THQ. Yeah, THQ oh. shut down. Oh, here we go. The full list of former THQ properties owned by THQ Nordic. So this, no, so the, the, they are, they were part of THQ beforehand, and now they're just inheriting yeah. the name. So, as so well, the company yeah. acquired the THQ trademark in 2014. So these guys have the rights to Darksiders, uh, I don't know, Full Spectrum Warrior, Red Faction, uh, stuff like that. I guess. Did Nordic Games do Red Faction? I don't remember. Maybe, maybe that's where I recognise them from. Ah, maybe that's it. Oh, that maybe. Might be... That might mean more Red Faction then, I guess. Well, maybe. Depends whether they still have their tech, the Geomods. Yeah. Nordic Gaming. I'm back now. Oh, what, THQ Nordic? Yep. As it is now. You got this, have you got your news? I couldn't, I couldn't look at the news because your phone was locked. So, yeah. <laughs> so we had to make up some bullshit. Okay, well, yeah, I've got my news. Good. Stop talking. You, you'll, you'll have to like, like correct me if, I, if you've talked about some of this. Well, we, this was just the first news story, the first actual news story that we got to. Uh, there wasn't really much news. No. Right, okay, <laughs> That's the thing. Um, so stuff we missed. Okay. Because we didn't talk about Adam Boys. What is there really that much to talk well, about? Well, not really. That he that he left Sony is the big bit. Sure. Like you know, he know he's no longer. Uh, what was it like partnerships? Like get like yeah, he did all the weird like management of third parties or something yeah. I guess I guess, I guess the third party studios that are working to make Sony first party games maybe or like just making sure that people did PlayStation first deals or something like that yeah possibly um, so yeah he, he left Sony and I was like at this point going oh but Adam Boys does that mean he's not going to be doing anything like Sony first but no he's doing something weirder of he's, course he's got to join Dave Lang <laughs> well that was kind of inevitable really I guess yeah <laughs> Everything's coming together. Although the real question is, what the fuck is Dave Lang doing? Well, yeah. What the fuck are those guys doing? Well, because he like he's supposed like his job title is the CEO of like Adam Boyser's title is now CEO of I Am Galaxy, and it's like, wait, are they both just CEOs now? Um, I, I guess that can be a thing. Yeah. Well, that made it sound like they like Adam might be leading a new dev team, so I Am Galaxy can basically do work of their own rather than doing what they sort of do right now, which is to get commissioned to do jobs. Yeah. Or be effectively take over and assist in other projects. Um, you know, they, they, they've been doing stuff on the side with like small indie stuff and things like that. And I think they want to move on to bigger homegrown projects. Mm. And I guess Boys is the guy to do it because he's done game dev before. <laughs> Maybe. So, yeah, that's happening. Iron Galaxy, slowly taking over the world. Well, extremely slowly. Just, just don't let them port Batman again. <laughs> <laughs> the Lang Zone is ever increasing. Yep, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's the actual... I, for one... What's the you phrase? Kill I, I, for one, bow to our new Lang overlords. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the note I put down here is like, but what about Johnny V? <laughs> Yeah, John Vinyaki's out of a job as well. Is he going to join the Lang Zone? <laughs> Probably. Probably. Oh, man. 
uh, yeah, so I did, and I did my, my uh, after our discussion about Sonic Mania and stuff last time. I did, I did a little bit of research to figure it, just to figure out exactly what the hell we were talking about, just, yeah. to, just to make sure we're on. Make point. sure we were right. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Dan was mostly right, and that Christian Whitehead was the Sonic CD guy, and he was the guy that yeah, effectively he rewrote his own engine. Yeah. Which is unimaginatively called the retro engine. <laughs> um. But. Uh, but yeah, he totally rewrote the game. He was pulling all the assets in and made it awesome. So yeah, um, he's worked with the developers Head Cannon um, before um, to to make um, the remastered Sonic One and Sonic Two games that were put out on Android, I think. Um, which again, I think were re- rewrites. They used Retro Engine to effectively yeah. remake Sonic One and Sonic Two for mobile. Yeah. It's like okay, so these guys have some history together, and those games, after I looked them up, seem you know, it's one of those good for mobile sort of. <laughs> they did the best they could make mapping that game to mobile. So all right, fine. These guys have got history. That's a good sign. Um, and a little aside point I found: he's also contributing to Freedom Planet Two. Uh, if you remember what Freedom Planet was. Uh. <laughs> Yes. I think I would do. Yeah, wasn't that the um, Sonic-esque thing? Yeah, it was the okay. sort of Sega yeah, yeah. Saturn 32-bit sort of <laughs> yeah. Horror, yeah, 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 Sonic, yeah, yeah. yeah, Sonic-like game, like yeah, platformer. Yeah. yeah, you played he's, it. So he, yeah, I played it. I quite yeah. liked it. Um, yeah, so he's contributing to the sequel. It's just a bit of a generic which is, name, which is Freedom Planet. Freedom Planet. Yeah. yeah. Which, uh, to be honest, I think is the first I heard that they were making a sequel. So, yeah. yay. <laughs> Not that surprising, really. I guess. Oh, it, it did reasonably well. It's on pretty much every platform. I well, think they even made a Wii U release. You already have a, like a platform engine. That's like you can just make more levels for that well easy. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. I, I think I actually own a copy of the Wii U version through some some by some means. <laughs> From like, some humble bundle, probably. Yeah. The, the the humble they did do Friends of Nintendo bundle not that long ago. Uh right. Uh, I know we'll, we'll I'll skip the No Man's Sky news because I, yep. I I get the feeling Zach's going to talk about that, that later. Yeah. Yep. Um, terrible port news. Uh, Activision. I think it's Activision put out Marvel Ultimate Alliance again for like a sixty dollar pack for both of those those two games, which were early. Um, 360 era sort of done, sort of Diablo esque dungeon crawlers, I believe. I honestly don't know a lot about them. Um, uh, but yeah, they're they're apparently the worst, <laughs> like just just the worst. They they kind of don't run very well. They run worse than the 360 version. They've not really been remastered or anything. So avoid consumer beware. Uh, and apparently the PC version is just totally broken. <laughs> Like it practically doesn't work. Name? So terrible, terrible port news. Uh, <laughs> and my notes literally here say, saying that Telltale's Batman is also busted on PC. Yeah, I mean, I was watching a bit of a quick look at that earlier, and uh, the frame rate didn't look super great on what's no, probably a pretty good PC. <laughs> I've I've heard a lot of that that the frame the frame rate is poor that it's quite crash buggy. I think they're um, like pushing their engine beyond what it was meant to do. I think. Well, I'm not sure it was ever that their engine was never that good. No, but I guess it served its purpose for like Telltale Adventure games. But at the yeah. current 
you know. Try, trying to get more cinematic, I guess. Yeah. Uh, more completely obvious news, I guess. Konami has officially moved its arcade business out of its gaming division, um, which was dedicated to the development of you know new video games, as we would know them, uh, and has moved it into the amusement or patchy slot division, you know, further cementing its intentions, I guess. That's not necessarily telling you anything about intentions. It's just like obvious restructuring. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> it's like, why lump everything into one big thing when you can split it into two smaller things? Well, except they're not now. They've, they've moved it to one thing, I guess. They've moved what was the amusement, uh, what was the gaming division into their generic amusement division. Well, oh, okay. The other way around makes sense as well. Yeah. Compact it and then less bureaucracy or whatever. I don't know. Well, it's just, you know, Konami downscaling video games, isn't it? That's what it is. Just... <laughs> yeah, there's no proof. <laughs> you say that, and it's like, how many people got laid off? Do we know? No, we don't. In no, fairness, of course not. <laughs> Yeah. Potentially zero. <laughs> yeah, maybe. That could, that could just just as well have been like a name change. <laughs> I guess. Uh, speaking of actual layoffs, I guess, um, Relentless Software, who were the creators of the Buzz Quiz series on PlayStation. Okay. Um, Nine yeah. <laughs> sorry sorry they lost their jobs that's bad but yeah I don't really care. yeah they oh, also did connect too. fund labs and re- more recently the murder files series which i think was a missing object game i'm not sure but uh yeah they closed uh it's one of those things where i'm sort of slightly surprised they were still around yeah exactly <laughs> um, um small game announcement rumor uh starcraft is getting a remake the original StarCraft. Might as well just make models for it in the StarCraft 2 engine. <laughs> just that's, just... that's probably what they're doing, right? Well, it didn't mean like they wouldn't even have to release that as a new game. Just like make that a DLC for StarCraft 2. <laughs> it depends if they're like redoing all the FMV, I guess. But oh, I it wasn't, it was... There wasn't as much of it in no. the first game, but you know, there was some. I mean, like, 90% of... I guess, like, you wouldn't even have to make that many models because a lot of the units are still the same in StarCraft. They just have slightly different abilities. Yeah. <laughs> you still got Marines and SCVs and Marauders. And <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, we don't know how far they're going with that, but the other part of the rumour is that it was due out in September. Well, yeah. Like, no just, just sort of like, hey, surprise, kind of deal, but except it, it's not no longer a surprise. Uh, Rocket League is getting a rumble mode. Also in September. Yeah, that's going to be... Like, Basically parrot mode. That's going to have like a thousand people in it. <laughs> <laughs> Just like all the other weird modes that they've made for Rocket League. Oh, sure. But it's, like, at least they're populated. You can still play a game if you want. Technically, maybe. I've been trying to get into Rocket Labs and I just can't. Oh, really? I think it's just because my rank's too high. No one, no one as oh, high rank wow. as I am is trying to play Rocket Labs. Huh. <laughs> Let's see, that's I expect if you and Kiffer's trying to party into Rocket Labs we can oh, you reckon, reckon we'd bring down your experience level and... well yeah or just be like find slots for three people instead of just one no like maybe that. yeah a whole team yeah that's possible I did manage to get Snow Day eventually <laughs> so you were actually for once up for some crazy crazy Rocket League well, I want the achievements <laughs> <laughs> right fine <laughs> uh 
I don't know gr- a great deal about what the power-ups for that are going to be. I well, hear I there might know. be some boxing gloves, but well, yeah, boxing like, gloves, yeah. They showed Laser basically things. they showed basically the all the obvious power-ups where you basically have the hit the other cars away from you power-up. You have the pull you towards the ball power-up or the ball towards you power-up. You have the freeze the ball in place power-up, and that's pretty much all you need. That's just like yep. all the obvious power-ups that you'd have for this kind of car soccer. Helpful. Yeah, I guess. But it's um, just like, I like. How is that even going to work? Red shells. I mean, are you going to? <laughs> is it going to be like pickups on the field? I, I would imagine so. Yeah. I mean, that's going to be weird. I imagine they do it like. Is it going to be like Mario Kart Mar- battle yeah. or something? Is it going to be yeah. like a Mario Kart where you pick up the thing and then it randomly gives you a power up, or or are the power ups going to be a specific power up on the different locations on the map or something? That's a good question. Yeah, are they going to do, do it like super? <laughs> I don't know. A bit like. <laughs> arena shooters are going now with like cooldown timers on the floor and how far are they going with this Just make it like hyperplayed basically <laughs> oh man yeah it's what we always said it's what you want the, the man, different just... different arenas and like obstacles and shit it's just hyperplayed <laughs> oh man we need to figure out how to get hyperplayed around yep we should, I, it's gonna be practically impossible because that ran on some kind of weird engine <laughs> yeah it was ancient it was like one of the few Windows 95 games I think we could actually get to run in 64480. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's happening. Um, I actually, on, as a quick aside, I, I played some of the PS4 version of Rocket League over the weekend, okay. which was fun because obviously I have no experience points. So you, you got to play against shit people. <laughs> yeah, but, but I was also playing with fairly inexperienced players as well. So you got to be the one good person. I was the wild player. card in all the games. It's like, like I don't, I don't mean that in an egotistical sort of way. I'm not that great in the in the grand scheme of Rocket League, but that was a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, also, it's interesting to see how the PS4 scales itself for multiplayer. And things like that. We're playing at three player split screen. Right. Um, and oh, it, it definitely downgrades the graphics noticeably. Yeah. I guess to, to make it run. It's like you lose the grass, you lose shadows, like the floor shadows and things that all go. Um, and ultimately it doesn't actually really matter. It doesn't affect it. It mostly holds up the frame rate. It's a bit, it's a bit janky in places, but we had pretty good network experience and stuff like that. So. Yeah, Rocket League on PS4. That's a legit way to do it. So Solo was absolutely fine. No problems at all. Just looked looked great. Um, uh, yeah, PS4 Rocket League. Legit. Um, um, XCOM 2. Actually getting a console release after all. Well, yeah, they had said that at some point. Yeah, we just never picked up on it. I, I didn't pick up on it until recently. But yeah, it's actually going to get a console version. I wonder if controller support is going to end up in the PC version as a result. I feel like they already said that they put it in at some point. Oh, really? <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember specifically whether that's true or not. Okay. And I haven't tried plugging a controller in, so... <laughs> Potential news to come. <laughs> uh, what else we got? Uh, Pac-Man Championship Edition 2 announced. That game yep. is awesome. As long as it has a sweet theme tune, I'm on board. Well, they, they're never going to be able to do it as well. <laughs> you can't, you can't <laughs> succeed that well twice. No, you might, you always might, downhill. <laughs> you might be right. Yeah, it might, it, it's diminishing returns, right? Like because they're keeping most of the style. Well, and, it would just be like Geometry Wars two and three, where it's just like. Well, two was a it was a was a worthwhile step up for sure, Geometry Wars, but that, that was just my like, preferred version. Yeah, but. it was just like. In that game, you have slightly more leeway than Pac-Man, I guess. And I had it on good faith from someone I was speaking to over the weekend, other Dan, 
who has actually played quite a lot of Geometry Wars 3 and says, no, that's actually a legit good Geometry Wars game. Mm. Um, you know, that that one's also good. So, yeah. But there is, you could, it, it could, I mean, it's probably going to be great. Probably. Even if it isn't that different, you could still say it's great. <laughs> yeah. I like what they do with that thing. Uh, not vaguely related to gaming news, Ubisoft have announced that the, the Division movie is actually a thing. Uh, adding to adding to their ever-growing list of movies. movies yeah. Yet another bad movie for the pile. Yeah. Well, it's just like that. Although, in fairness, the Division movie could literally be anything. Well, no. It depends if they're going to, like, all the way down, like, was it the Dirty Money route, or if they're going to just redo that story, or, like, the the actual sort of character story they can tell within that can be anything. Well, the Division story is basically just I Am Legend, but with slightly more people. (laughs) With people rather than zombies, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. I wonder if they. I wonder if they're going to actually do any kind of story beat for what is it the, the, what's the the evil zone called? Dark zone. Dark zone. Yeah. Like just like the only like slightly unusual story element is the actual like Tom Clancy part, the division, the actual mm. division thing. <laughs> but that doesn't seem like that's fleshed out even in the game, really. No, it just just sort of exists. <laughs> it's just like a secret, secret. Police force, sort of, or whatever. Oh, yeah, that won't be even remotely part of the storyline. It'll just be like some dudes get activated. That's the story. Yeah, but then what is the story of a movie? It's yeah. like you have to. You need to what pe- do you have to do? What's the actual objective? You know what's going to happen. They're going to travel through the ruined city and shoot some people. And there is a sort of story to the division. And then there's a guy they get, the general or someone they're going after. Sure, but then, yeah. like in the game, it's just like that's a sort of one of those generic MMO stories where it's just like. Eventually, there's a guy. Yeah, there's a, you just you're trying to find the guy who's probably important. <laughs> That's very, yeah, yeah. very basically the story of a lot of MMOs. It's just like go to find this important thing. You found it. Yep, and then something. Then there's a twist, maybe sometimes. So no hype. <laughs> it just seems. Well, like... the other ones, like, obviously, Assassin's Creed is coming, but they. What was Watch the other? Oh, Watchdogs. Watchdogs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Also, also very generic. Yeah. <laughs> they could do anything with Watchdogs as well. Yep. Although Hacktivism could be an interesting. They could make a good plot out of that. Just like they again, won't. That's, it's the same problem. Same <laughs> problem with the division as Watchdogs, where it's just like, what is the objective? It's just like get a thing. And via hacking, yeah, <laughs> like, there doesn't seem to be any particularly amazing space you can put that on. Yeah, I honestly don't know what. Well, having not played the first one properly, and you know, I don't know what that was about anyway. Like, what, what really, what I mean, really they, was the goal of that? You like, know, there's the other options, and just like they could have some moral bullshit story where it said like we have to take down the, these bad guys via hacking because of some bad thing that happened to us in the past. <laughs> I really hope it's like hackers. It's not going to be like. Oh, I really hope Lord Nikon returns. You're not going to type on two keyboards at once or anything. <laughs> or, or two people typing on the same keyboard. Yeah, they, they could. That was the NCIS, wasn't it? Yeah, Classic they could potentially play. go like dual wield smartphones. Oh wow, that would be fun. <laughs> that would be properly done. But though, in fairness, they don't really do anything with their smartphones in actual watchdogs, right? They just sort of hold well, it up they, and press a button. They look at them constantly. Yeah. And the phone does all the hacking for them. Yeah, exactly. It's like free hacked. 
But I expect you could like fancy it up if you wanted to try and show it in a in a movie context where it's well, like, oh, I'm going to put all these buttons and text that's going to go fast. I hope there's a sequence where they sort of in vague wireframe graphics show that a worm looks like a worm, <laughs> or they go into the Tron grid somehow. <laughs> Tron grid, yeah. They get they go speak to a logic gate and have it just go no 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 <laughs> no 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 no. So apparently, uh, my um, cu- cousin's wife. What's that? What's that relation? Something. Cousin, I don't think that is a relation. No, uh, is it? Or is it like cousin? What's, no, I don't know about that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know no cousin's idea. wife. She makes costumes, and apparently, she made the uh, assassin's costume for Michael Fassbender or whatever. In that. Okay, that's kind of awesome. So that's kind of cool, even if the film's probably terrible. But yeah, they're yeah. pretty neat costumes. If you want some serious cosplay, then... Uh, well, that's the ultimate cosplay, because it's exactly the one <laughs> in the film. <laughs> yeah. I, I heard Sony are still actually trying to make the Uncharted movie a thing. They got, like, a new writer on board or something. and They're still trying. It's been, like, five years, whatever, since that rumour started going around. I mean, that, but... that doesn't even seem like that should be difficult. I mean, they made, like... Fucking no. three or four Tomb Raider movies. Just <laughs> Basically, exactly the same and thing. And there's more, yeah. like, just way more story of characters in, in Uncharted than there are yeah. in Tomb Raider, so they've got more to go on. But they've already, they are basically like films, kind of already. So yeah, yeah, you just, they don't... just have to cut it like well, yeah. really. But then everyone already knows that story. Yeah, that's the trouble. They can't come up with a new story because they Uncharted, they Uncharted fought it. Yeah, they, <laughs> they did it. a thing. That's true. Yeah, they uncharted Ford it, and they also did how Nate got into the business. Yeah, they did their prequel essentially, yeah. and the end. Yeah, and sort of blended it into all the tales. I mean, they could obviously do the classic, like just make up a bullshit time period where it's like, oh, he was he was away somewhere for some number of years at some point that we never mentioned. <laughs> I'm sure there's, there's, pl- there's probably plenty of jobs he's done in between, <laughs> yeah. both, like his origin story and the start of the first game, maybe. But it will still seem weird where it's like. He never mentions it again in any of the subsequent things that happened after that point. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Or maybe they'll tell the story about here yeah, how he and his brother drifted apart. I don't know. That's the problem when you're making a movie that's directly based on games, not just like thematically based on games. <laughs> You've they already could... used up all the story. <laughs> they could do it personally, though. They could do it just inspired and just chuck yeah, the yeah. whole game story, no problem. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's as long as it's like Indiana Jonesy and is, it has the right joke level. Then and doesn't that just fine. become incredibly generic at that point? Sure, but no one's actually yeah. made a decent Indiana Jones style movie for a while, really, including we're not, we're the not Indiana including, Jones people. Yeah. yeah, including the fourth Indiana Jones film. Yeah, or any of the Tomb Raider, either of the Tomb Raiders. Yes, but is that just because it's not oh, and the upcoming new Tomb Raider? Let's not forget that one's coming too. Is it just because it's just not possible to do that any longer? Because they've already done it too many times. Yeah, and maybe. so it's like everyone already knows that this is how this goes. And well, if, you, if you're not doing it well enough, it's obvious that it's bad. Well, you could argue that The Force Awakens isn't anything new, but it's like... <laughs> yeah, but that was a very special case yeah. where they had to do this weird, like, not reboot reboot. Yeah. Which totally works. Well, I mean, it's fine. Introduce a new audience to your thing like that might not be interested in watching... like Because kids might not be interested in watching the original Indiana Jones. Oh, that's old. <laughs> like... Yeah, but then the, you know, the kids are just going to be the ones playing the game. <laughs> you're not ma- you're not making a new audience by making a film if that's the target that you're going for. Yeah. People who've already played the game. Yeah, yeah you kind of have to go for everyone if you're making a big film. Yeah. 
I'm the one guy that actually likes the Prince of Persia film, so you know. I thought it was all right. Oh, you actually saw it? Yeah. Mm. I haven't seen that one. It's, it's okay. Jake do you see the, uh... It doesn't do nearly enough actual Prince of Persia stuff, obviously. No, but, <laughs> no, but it, I mean, it works as a sort of film on its own. Are there bits where he like falls off a cliff and then goes, no, that's <laughs> not how it happens. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no that's no, not how it went. There's no overly British narrator. <laughs> Damn it. That was great. Sands of Time was great in a stupid way. Oh my gosh, speaking of films, yeah. I, I saw Suicide Squad. Okay. Ugh, don't... Yeah. The, Ugh yeah. is the word. It's, can, can we talk about Star Trek? Have you seen that? I think we did talk about Star Trek. Oh, last, did we? Last, last, last podcast. Oh, fine. Okay. Yeah. That's stuck like in everyone's memory there. Yeah. Don't remember no, talking I, about it. I remember seeing it. Yeah. We, we definitely talked about it. Because <laughs> I specifically told the story about how, how known thinks Carl Urban is about that. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad, yeah, that's a mess of a film. Yeah. Okay. And apparently it could have been fine, but then the studio came in and fucked Man, it up. The, oh, the writing is just so bad. And yeah. maybe it's miscut or something like that. The editing is terrible. It just feels like it's just screwed. a lot of people they have ideas. Of it, apparently. Yeah. yeah, a lot of people had ideas and it doesn't mash together well. It's totally no. all over the place. The characters aren't consistent. Fail. Most of them are dull. Like, oh my, like, how do you... Deadshot's intro is actually kind of cool, and then he's super generic and boring for the rest of the film. And like, you've yeah. got Will Smith behind him, and the only joke he really like the, the, the film's idea of a joke is basically there's an action sequence, and someone basically goes, "Well, that was nuts," like, or some, some form <laughs> yeah, of like, yeah. or some form of weird like throwaway quip that is that isn't actually funny or insightful. It's just like. That shit crazy. <laughs> well, apparently there weren't any jokes in it. There was like one joke in it or something and they test screened it and everyone had seen Deadpool and stuff and they were like, shit, we need to make it like funny, but also well, dark. Or Guardians. Right? <laughs> yeah. This is the, this is yeah, the and Guardians, their yeah, equivalent yeah. of Guardians. And it, yeah, to do Guardians of the Galaxy, they just put a load of like licensed music in it for no reason. Yeah, I mean, if that is exactly what happened and that they, fil- they, they filmed a different feeling film yeah. and then recut it all to try and be that, yeah. then that totally makes sense because I it feels, was it feels like happened. a really, really bad edit of something that could have been a bit better. Yeah, I think that's what happened. Not much, but a bit better. Yeah, I'm not saying it oh, would have been great, but it's definitely... I'm just getting out there and, and I've got to come out there and say, New Joker, that is a terrible, terrible character. Yeah, and luckily like some, he's only in it for like two minutes, isn't he? <laughs> oh no, he's in it for more than you think. Like, oh. But... It's a very much a side plot that doesn't need to be in the film at all. Yeah, um, it would have been better without it. But the, it's I, I don't I, to be clear, I don't think it's Jared Leto's fault. I think he's playing the character as well as it was as, as the writing was envisioned. Um, like it, he's just a, a, a it, it's it's just a bad gangster, right? Like, yeah, like he's not the Joker. He's not no. quite crazy enough. He's not quite. It's it's just all wrong. It's really hard to describe. It's just all wrong. <laughs> like even like you could argue that Heath Ledger's version of the character isn't exactly like the comic book version. It's an interpretation, it's like, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It but it, but movie. it still works. Yeah, yeah it fits the it fits it the film, really well. and it still sort of feels like the Joker. There's enough manicness. There's enough yeah uh, darkness with enough weird levity, I guess for it to actually still function as the Joker. This doesn't really have the ha 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 I am the Joker. I'm going to I'm going to 
I'm just I'm just gonna do bad stuff. Mm. It's oh, it's so bad. Mm, it's really disappointing. DC just don't know how to make films. I don't get people disappointed though, because like, oh, I guess no, if you're a fan of the comics, but there's no like precedent for it to be good, really, is there? No, the the only precedent for good DC DC films is Christopher Nolan's Batman. The Nolan ones, yeah. And All three of those like are good. Self-contained Nolan verse, isn't it? And yeah, no real, exactly. There's no like. Because now they're trying to they're trying to establish a cinematic universe to make all the money, which is what Marvel did, but it's just failed to launch. So yeah, so badly. It's like I'm, I'm, I don't normally say this about film franchises because I normally give everything a chance, but I might be out. Just well, yeah, exactly. But you never know. You know, one of them could be good. <laughs> well, no, I guess it's not. You have unlimited cards and yeah. stuff. So it's you like, just watch everything because fuck it. I don't watch everything. I, I miss a lot of stuff I kind of want to because of busyness and timing and sure. stuff like that. But like, yeah, but it's not like it's not like you're choosing not to give them your money. You've essentially already given them your money. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I do wonder, like, with, with the unlimited cards, like, how they do they divvy up the unlimited fees based on like their stats of who went to see them or something? Maybe. Like, it's like we have to give this studio this Must money. Be some kind of contract thing where it's just like we know how many, what percentage of people are going to come on the unlimited card on average per movie or something. You know, but you reckon they do it ahead of time, regardless? Could be. I don't know. Because that would suck, right? Because I would quite like the studios to benefit. Uh, admittedly, in this case, I don't. But normally, <laughs> normally, I would like the studios to benefit from my presence, right? Because I paid the money to go see the film. Uh, sort of. Sort of. Who knows? I mean, I don't know if it does work like this, but you imagine at a certain point, the movie theaters aren't even paying on like a per customer basis. They're just paying for, we're going to show this film X number of times in our movie theaters. Yeah. It's just like, you're not paying for how many seats are filled. You're just paying for them showing. <laughs> I think, I think to some degree, that's probably right. That's probably accurate. Oh yeah. Mate, you're paying, I guess you're paying per show. Yeah. Maybe the cinemas pay per showing. And if it's not popular, they just don't show it yeah, quicker. Exactly. And so the yeah, film I think make so. money. That would make sense. It's way simpler. Uh, yeah, Suicide Squad, bad film. Uh, and I'm done with news, by the way. <laughs> yeah, we well, just... we kind of figured that. Yeah. Start talking about movies. Really, nothing going on. Have you been I watching? Mean, uh, do you guys have Netflix? Do you have Netflix? Uh, right? I do not have Netflix. No. Oh, this this um. I do um, not mini- subscribe to any streaming service. <laughs> There's this mini series at the moment, uh, Stranger Things. It's pretty good. Oh yeah, yeah. Keep hearing things. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's like um, you do. Do you remember that um, um, JJ Abrams film Super Eight? Oh yeah, yeah, good film. Yeah, so that was trying to do like a kind of um eighties kind of um Spielberg homage yeah, type yeah. thing. It was like um, ET mixed with like I don't know all the all the Goonies and basically wasn't it yeah kind maybe of. a little bit of flight of the navigator in yeah, all of that. some places yeah so, so this stranger things is that but done a lot better honestly and um mm. uh darker like much darker well, that <laughs> so cool. there you go that's it and it's yeah we're complete with awesome 80s synth music that fits perfectly nice. and uh yeah that's all i have to say really it's really good that, that, that does sound cool. Not that Super 8 was bad or anything, but... I no, mean, Super 8's is, a good... This I, is just, I really liked that film, yeah. But this is cool. Um, yeah, so check it out. I mean, get Netflix or don't, but either way, give it a... There's only eight episodes. It's a mini series, So mm. give it a try. 
I've been watching miniseries lately. Like I, I ran out of Mad Men, so I watched The Night Manager, the BBC thing. Did you see that when it was on? Uh, no, I did. I did not. That was pretty good. Uh, Tom Hiddleston of Hiddle Swift fame, I guess now. <laughs> Trying and to not ha- and not house. <laughs> uh, yeah, and not house. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, I didn't think they could do a kind of modern uh, Le Carre because his stuff was all very Cold War, I always thought. And I ne- I didn't like that film, Constant Garden. Did you see that? With, no, I haven't seen that either. Uh, it's not very good. Um, and that was one of his like post-Cold War books. Mm. But th- this is based on a post-Cold War book of his, I guess, in in like... 1990 i guess it was written or something so it's like just after 93 or something anyway but it's been brought up to date for this for this series and it's pretty good so i check it out if you get a chance mm. i quite like one thing i liked was in the old novels the mi6 or it is referred to as the circus um oh, okay i guess don't, because don't they use that name in spooks every now like... oh do they Okay, well, that must I be think, a reference if they call maybe, it. Or maybe I'm thinking of that. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Cause Did you see the Tinker called, Tailor? Oh, no, they just call it, I think That's they just call it the grid. The grid. Okay. So something, something I've seen is called it the circus, and I haven't seen any of that. But... You've probably seen Tinker Tailor with, with um, Gary Oldman, oh. didn't you? Did you see that? Oh, yeah, yeah. I saw, saw the latest That'll be version, the one. Yeah. That'll be the one, because that's the circus. Because that's, yeah, okay. that's actually set in the 70s, obviously. Yeah. Mm. Um, that's the classic Le Carre novel. Um, uh, but, and the, fictionally, like MI6 is based in Cambridge Circus in, in that, hence the name. But now, of course, everyone knows where MI6 is based, right? It's that course, yeah. huge building it's, on the river, right? So the now. That exploded in, in, exactly. in James Bond. Exactly. So now in the Night Manager, it, the MI6 is known as the River House. So that's the code name. They never refer to it as anything other than the River House, hmm. which is kind of cool. Yeah, it's a neat name. Yeah, it's kind of, kind of works. Nice and simple. Yeah, anyway. Check that out. It's not bad. And he's clearly doing a little bit of a Bond audition. At one point, he orders a vodka martini, but he's not on screen. It's just a kind of offline. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Okay. I'm, I'm still hoping it will be um, Idris Elba. Oh, man, uh, that would be so cool. But Hiddleston could pull it off, I reckon. He's yeah, bit, the problem is that it's just too posh. Like I know Bond yeah. is meant to be posh, but like too many posh actors at the moment, and like yeah, I don't, he, I, don't, I, don't I don't really see Hiddleston in the, in the role myself. I'm sure it'll be fine. If you watch Night Manager, you can see how it can me. work. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it'd be different, obviously, but yeah, yeah. I'm not 100 percent sure it'll be for me, like Hiddleston as Bond, but yeah, it would be, maybe maybe difference what it needs again because they did that with Craig, right? They did a different style, but. Yeah, maybe exactly. It need, maybe it needs something quite physical. different again. Yeah. yeah. Did you see High Rise with Hiddleston? Also, no. That was good, but weird. Like, I saw it with Ho and David, and Ho didn't like it. As he's, <laughs> cause it was, yeah, I, 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 from from what I've been heard about that film or, like, podcasts and stuff, that it's quite, it's quite a polarizing. Yeah, it's definitely it's, Marmite. It's, it's, it's a sort of, yeah, it's a love-hate. Yeah, yeah. But he was good in that, in a kind of weird way. Cool, yeah, films and TV. <laughs> well, he did tweet the other day or something that, that he's being Loki again. Like that's happening right now. Oh, cool. So, what Loki film would that return. be? I don't know. I don't know. Are they making a Thor three? I don't know. I mean, one thing's for sure: it won't be low key. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway, have we really run out of news? <laughs> yeah, there's, there's nothing happening. 
the it's voice of Civilization Six's tech tree oh. will be Sean B. Okay, that's that's kind of okay. Which is not bad. I mean, it's, it's like Leonard Nimoy. But... Leonard Nimoy was pretty damn good, but I'm sure Sean Bean will do all right. Oh, I missed one bit of news. Just remembering. Go for it. Uh, PS4 Neo is going to be officially announced in September at the PlayStation meeting, as it's being called. Okay. I think that's like they're sort of like not. It's the extra little show they did before PSX last year. Um, did they do an extra show? I can't remember. I'm sure they've done a PlayStation meeting, quote unquote, before, but maybe that wasn't last year. Maybe everything was just PSX last year. I know Microsoft did another briefing, didn't they, around that time of the year? Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So, so we'll it's, it's going then. to be officially announced. We'll actually know what it is next month. I'm seeing a headline here saying that the Xbox One price was cut to two four nine dollars. Uh, yeah, I think for the original model. Right. Because they're yeah. going to try and start pushing the larger capacity S version right. fairly soon. People what, they're out now, aren't they? The S models? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think they're out. People saying it's a bit weird how the Microsoft console is cheaper than the Nintendo one. That is a bit odd, yeah. Because <laughs> anyway. Nintendo prices never go down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The Ninty pricing this console cycle was all wrong. Uh, it was all wrong. It was too much for what it. Well, I mean, you know, I guess they're having to pay for the gamepad, but whatever. It's too much. Yeah. They they don't do the sell at loss thing, Ninty. No. And they paid for it this time around. Yeah. That was news. That was news. Now it's time so, for the next so, section. Well, we sort of maybe cut you off last time, Dan, for what you've been playing. Why? What so was I talking we, about? Well, not a lot, like Metal Gear and well, stuff like that. But okay. then, but then, we, did, we didn't cut him off. We didn't leave him enough time. I know. And yeah. also, you know, people turned up for pizza. So, you know. Well, I can talk briefly. Uh, let's see. What have we got? Yeah, Metal Gear. Um, I finally did that Mission 42, the annoying Yay. one. So, um, but I kind of had to jip it because I, I don't know. I wasn't having much luck with the D Walker. All right, fair enough. So I researched a, a heavy machine gun and I just ran up on the roof basically of the hangar and they don't really come up there much. So although I was still getting killed by, even though I had my quite hardcore armor on or whatever, um, the oh, battle suit thing, yeah. yeah, I was still getting blown up by there. You know, those uh, skulls have that attack where they just they make a, a, a spike appear and that knocks you over, but then it explodes and that can kill you instantly, yeah. I discovered. So the, once I learned to stay away from those exploding as the priority, then I eventually managed to kill them. But I got like a B rank or something because it took ages for me to yeah. hang out on the roof and go gradually kill them. Yeah, uh, it's, it's not a fun level. No, it's not a fun mission, but uh, I got that over with. So now... I guess I'm getting towards end of story stuff. Although I was looking at, it looks like I was looking at what it takes to unlock the remaining stuff. And it looks like I, I might be penalized for the fact that I've never bothered with quiet. Cause, um, one, oh, I, right. Does it, does it need a, does it need a, um, what you I think it? I need the a bond, bond level. Yeah. I think I need a mm. high bond with quiet and I have zero bond with quiet cause I never use her because number one, um, I was worried she might kill people. Although I think I can avoid that. Um, and number well, two, just give, just give her a trank gun, you'll be fine. Well, I can't because I you can't give her a trank gun until you've got bond. High oh, enough. so I think I might have to use her as a scout and make sure. But I I didn't realize I, that because I, I just assumed she'd sure start you, killing people. Um, so you might be right. I'm not sure you can tell her to not. If you get spotted, she'll. I think she does try and. Um, yeah, she will start deal with people. things. Yeah, yeah. 
So Ooh, I might... that, that that might be tricky if you're if you're going to stick to that, you might be stuck. Yeah, so I don't think there's much I can do there. I mean, I I would just have to do it without getting spotted, basically, until I got to the point where I could increase my bond with yeah. her. I could probably do quite a few side ops. Like I, that probably doesn't count for much bond, but I could probably do side ops without getting spotted. Depend, of depends on what her bond level is based on, because it's not just having her about, right? She's actually got to do things for you. Yeah, think, that's so. true. It goes up if you do. So I, I don't know if I can increase bond by getting her to like scout or something. It's really annoying. But so basically, and the other the other reason for not using quiet is because her character design is just ludicrously sexist. I'm sorry. Uh, I mean, I quite like her as a character, but like the way she like writhes around in your helicopter is just stupid yeah, <laughs> stuff like that quite... yeah and it's like i can't be bothered um but I, I don't know if that i think she is i think i need that bond level for certain parts of the end game so i'm not sure mm. i think it probably will just activate anyway through the rest of it i did uh, eventually find the grenade shot ability pretty useful in some circumstances mm. there, there were certain fights where but well, I, I think you only get that when you're close to max bond and it's like that was that was pretty useful. But yeah, but that would kill people. I can't do that. Oh, it depends. No, I only used it. I oh. used it against vehicles. Oh, that's cool. What you throw a grenade at the vehicle and she shoots it? Well, yeah, I throw it generically up in the air, tell her to shoot it, and she shoot it in the direction of the. Oh, of I the see. Target. She knocks it in the direction. Okay, yeah, that's cool. That's it's pretty kind of cool. awesome because you yeah. can use it against aircraft as well. If there's a helicopter coming for you. Just throw a grenade in the air. She'll shoot, the air. It. <laughs> She'll shoot it at the helicopter. It's great. <laughs> That's ridiculous. I don't know how the <laughs> physics of that would work. If, I mean, it wouldn't, have, but, you know. No, it wouldn't work. Yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, that grenade, Wouldn't it just, that... like, explode? Uh, I don't know. Probably it's not. It's if you used a certain kind of bullet, like well, like a hollow point or something, so it would flatten and apply as much force without penetration on the grenades, because the grenade casing is relatively hard. Yeah. So potentially you could transmit a... Re- some amount of the bullet speed into the grenade, but I don't know about like mass. Yeah, significantly propelling it. Yeah, you could probably direct it, but I don't know about like chucking it into a helicopter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even the awesome cutscene early on where she shoots the guy in the jet fighter as it's coming oh, yeah, to yeah. attack your helicopter is stupid but really cool. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. So I guess I'm basically. I, oh, and I. Um, I got a, a reward that said, you have completed 50% of the side ops. I was like, 50%? Jesus, how many are there? Oh, yeah. yeah. There's like 150 I'm, I'm not, or something. I'm not even sure I got that. Yeah, no, you probably didn't. I, I've done quite a few. so. Um, but they're quite fun to do the side ops with the... Um, um, with the later tech or whatever. Because, mm. uh, to be honest, the wormhole thing is ludicrously overpowered. Yeah. Um, um, because it makes, like, prisoner rescue well, no, stuff it super make, easy. Well, and, and it make... makes, like, no noise, really. Yeah. Like, it does and make noise, but no one ever hears it. People don't notice the balloons, and, like, you can just get rid of bodies instantly, basically, a lot yeah. of the time. Um, and um, so I just always wormhole filter on everyone now. Um, and uh, yeah, I think I need to fully upgrade the base to get access to the last mission, but I'm pretty close to that, I think. It's just the fuel resource thing again. Um, I, I, I don't know if I did that. Okay. I think you've still, presumably, you haven't had the mission I was talking about last time, then, with, which no. is, yeah, it's another mission that takes place in your base. 
Uh, I'm about to do that one, I think. Oh, okay. It's a cool yeah. mission. Uh, although, yeah. Don't want to have to kill people, goddammit. Anyway. Uh, um, yeah, mm, anyway. Actually, the more I think about that, hmm. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I could avoid it. Anyway, um, I'll check my current stat, which is I've killed like seven people, I think, or by accidents and stuff. Right. Uh, so, yeah, it should be okay. Um, yeah, so that's that. Uh, I finished Day of the Tentacle remastered. Oh, you got it. Did, yeah, did, yeah. You, did you need any help in the end, or did you figure it all out? Or? It took quite a few sessions, but I did get through it. Um, a lot a lot of time wandering around, clicking on things. <laughs> and <laughs> right. going, oh, yeah. Like, there's some of the puzzles are, like... Yeah, they're, they're mostly really good, but there's one where you have to, like, paint a line on the back of a cat or something. <laughs> and it's like... Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I kind of remember why you had to do that now. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's to make it look like a skunk. Yeah. There you go. Right. That old <laughs> chestnut. Yeah, that old chestnut. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it is what it is. It's pretty great. Um, uh, and it, I talked about the, the music and the art looking pretty good now. It's, it's pretty nice. Um, I might go back and play it all through with the developer's commentary now that I know all the solutions before I forget them all. Um, cause that might be quite fun. Hmm. It's always good to have a bit of Tim Schafer um, explanations. That was quite good for Grim Fandango, but I'm hoping there's more Tim Schafer in this one because there was quite a lot of... I mean, it was interesting in Grim Fandango, but there was quite a lot of other kind of team members and stuff talking about the art and stuff. Sure. And it's quite nice to hear more about kind of the jokes and things in the story. Yeah, um, how, how how it came to be... Yeah, how that came to be is probably more interesting than some of the technical aspects. Or, exactly. We, Although, we, we, wanted, we wanted to give him the feel of this kind of kind of scene with this, but with, with a little bit of emotional twist. Yeah. <laughs> All of that. There was some interesting technical stuff in the Grand Fandango because they were kind of pushing it with the 3D stuff in, in 98 with, that, with what they were doing in some places, which is kind of interesting. But that's what... Really? But that was the age of half-life it it? was yeah but in terms of their the continuation of their engines and stuff it was kind of interesting because they had the flat background still yeah it was kind of it was kind of a weird thing so talking about the boxes you know the where you can walk and everything oh right yeah yeah. having to having to map that and the angles i guess yeah all the angles and stuff the final fantasy problem (laughs) there the yeah and they there was a bug apparently in the at the in the last year there's a bit with um what oh is it in the year no no in year two yeah there's the cat races going on right uh, <laughs> yeah. the giant cat races and there's a, actually apparently if you look over the the track there's races going on and there's an actual game like there's logic for an actual cat races being run that you hmm. can see on the scoreboard but apparently there's a bug where that logic routine just continues to run for the rest of the game, every scene oh, is wow. running in the background. It never gets turned off using your CPU. <laughs> well, that's quite funny. That's quite funny. Even I don't know if that's still pointless. present. They, they just weirdly simulate what's going on. Yeah, there's a tiny of all little... all the things to simulate. Yeah, there's a Probably. tiny little cat race routine going on. That's kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's mostly what I've been playing. Uh, 
I will get to the end of that, and then I don't know what to start. I guess I've got I've, I've got the witness to play. That's right. Yeah, yeah. You should have, you should carry on with that. Get it done. Yeah, yeah. I'll continue. Spend the thirty hours to get it done. Yeah, I got a new keyboard and mouse. Ooh. For, for some reason, because I looked at my keyboard and mouse and I was like, these are like eight years old. That's quite a long time. <laughs> Um, right, they still work. Good well, yeah, there. the mouse was breaking, unfortunately. Right. Um, like the, uh, it would get in a weird state with its, um, you know, controls to change the sensitivity. That uh, on that right, mouse. You've got one of those. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, the new one is I got a Logitech, and it's got controls like that on the new one. But the new one is wireless. Uh, but I don't think it's actually as comfortable as the old one. But never mind, they don't do the old shape anymore. Uh, but Continuing it's, um, the same topic as we were talking about earlier, where why are new things bad? <laughs> Newer things are bad. Yeah, I mean, this <laughs> I think is, I missed that. Yeah, you did. It's pretty cool. I mean, <clears throat> it's, it's it's wireless, but it's like got a latency that's better than the old wired ones, basically. Mm. Um, and uh, but it's ambidextrous. Yeah, that's that's why it's slightly less comfortable. Oh, I see. I think yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's <laughs> pretty nice. And then the keyboard, I got. Um, a stupid mechanical keyboard, which I've never had yeah. before. Yeah, which is cool, but I'm just loud. not used to it. Well, yeah, that's the thing. One, it's loud. It's not loud, loud, like, because there's different kinds of switches. I don't know if you know much about mechanical keyboards. Cherry. Um, yeah, there's Cherry MX, and they're different colors. And that, so the blue ones are the super clicky ones. And I got the brown, brown, Cherry MX brown which is less clicky, but um, still clicky, as it turns out, as I shall demonstrate. Do you hear that? Or audibly. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it feels cool uh, for typing and stuff, but I currently make more mistakes than with a normal keyboard, so I'm not faster. <laughs> okay. Uh, but I think I just have to get used to it. Um, but, yeah, it is nice and clicky. Um and I don't know about gaming, really, because I've been playing um, Metal Gear still with the controller, so I don't know how. I guess there's a, there's a nice sense of feedback. It must be the same sort of feeling as, you know, the moving to a fight stick. You know, you get that Yeah, feedback. you get a little bump, which is quite nice. Like, a f you, you get a little feedback that... Um, I mean, I don't have a problem, really, with normal keyboards, um, for, but it is quite nice. Oh, and it's, um, <clears throat> like, there was a version with ridiculous RGB color lighting, and I was like... No, I'll yeah. just get I'll just get the no, I'll just get the red lighting. Oh. That's fine. Um, cause the, oh, yeah, well, yeah, red, red's a good choice. That would work, red, that yeah. would work in my setup anyway. If I wanted to keep everything on theme, red is fine. Red is fine. Oh, that's cool because it was with the discounts at Amazon or whatever for these two versions, so the same keyboard effectively. The difference mm. was sixty pounds. Wow. For the, for the, okay. For the RGB shit. It was because this one was discounted more. Um, mm. but even so, it's still like. Even on the RRP or whatever, it's still forty pounds more or something for the RGB. Yeah. But you can do stupid, ridiculous stuff with that. Like you press a key and it ripples out from it, and it, you know, it does a million different. You know, I it can do waves can have of it, color and shit all over it. Yeah, I think some of them you have it so it only highlights the bits that are in use for the game or something. <laughs> I, I can. Yeah. This does have that. Like I, okay, I can, right. I can press a button and only have it only highlight certain keys, which I can configure, which is kind of cool. But I, I'm not going to use you kind it. Of a, you kind of always want that stuff to be automatic anyway, but like that requires the game to sort of deal with that, right? Well, I think you can get the software to recognize what program's running probably and switch it automatically for 
for you. Also, uh, you should but, be able to. Yeah, I know, it but works like, like anything else. It's one of those things that are like in an ideal world, you'll want you'd want the game to be able to tell the keyboard what to do, right? It's like you just configured the controls in the game, and it's like, oh yeah, no, the keyboard knows head, what knows what to do. But really, lighting is dumb and doesn't. It's really utterly pointless <laughs> unless you unless you play in darkened rooms frequently and want to make your keyboard a bit more obvious. Like there is an RGB light on the mouse. Right, so I could configure that to be red to match the keyboard, right? But, okay. but why would I use up my wireless battery, my wireless oh, mouse's right. battery on a to light? Run. That's done. I'm <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah. I get that. yeah, it's quite good. The wireless, it's got a you know lithium-ion battery, so you have to buy batteries for it, and then to, you can plug it in with a cable to charge it. But you can use the mouse as just a wired mouse while it's charging or whatever, so you don't. So that's quite nice. Well, what what would inevitably happen with that scenario with me is I'll just have it wired in, like put one time to charge it, and then just leave the wire in. You just yeah. forget about it, yeah. Yeah, because I, I have a Logitech, I think it's a GX2, I think it is. It's a real sort of super ergonomic fat mouse, and that's the one I use on my work machine. Yeah. And it's wireless and all that stuff, and you know the battery life lasts ages, but I just, I've never unplugged it. I plugged right. it in and it's just like, well, there's a stain. <laughs> well, I use a, a Logitech marathon mouse at work, um, and that takes like two AA batteries, and they last forever. And so I never, it don't, can't be plugged in because it takes normal batteries or whatever. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, I never have a problem with that, with that. Apart from it's annoying that it still uses the, this one does too, but it still uses the Logitech dongle thing when. Um, oh, yeah, the, yeah. The, the Apple mouse just uses Bluetooth, which would be a lot yeah. easier uh, with my MacBook. Or I, get, I mean, I do wonder sometimes, like, I wonder if there's a, uh, a DPI or a refresh rate reason for Logitech using their little adapter. Yeah, possibly, yeah. And, you know, it's useful So you only need one of those adapters and suddenly you can use all of your Logitech kit at once. So, yeah. you know, in theory, I have, I have a couple of those adapters in my house because I use a Logitech wireless keyboard on my system downstairs and I have that yeah. Logitech mouse upstairs on my work PC. And it's, uh, yeah, like I, I should, I wonder if I should just sync my keyboard and just use one, but like move the mechanical keyboard downstairs and stuff like that. But mm. do you have a mechanical keyboard then? Uh, well, it's not like it's not like a full-on mechanical keyboard. Right. It's just like you know, you know, a regular ass keyboard. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I, I don't know what you even call those regular ass keyboards, like. Yeah. Like the clicky, well, the Microsofty ones, like the. Yeah. Not. Not really clicky. Like the, no, they're not like. They're not like, you know, cherry switches or like yeah. the super click clacky, but they're just like normal ass keyboards. You know, the keys yeah. look normal, but I don't I don't know what they're called. Like Yeah, yeah. Keyboards. Keyboards. Yeah. In other tech news, I um I also bought, ridiculously, uh one of the, uh, the new Bose wireless noise cancelling headphones. Which the quiet, are the quiet comforts? The quiet comfort thirty five, which is the oh. Bluetooth one, and oh my god, they're amazing! I mean, I really, I mean, I, I'm I'm quite happy with my like was it Audio yeah. Technica set, but oh my god, those those things, I want them so bad. They are ridiculously great. I mean, it's not. I was just thinking this, like it was a it was a bit of a weird thing to buy, and and it's not often that you pay literally three times as much as you normally would for something. And it's actually that much better. <laughs> you know what mm. I mean? Usually yeah, if you pay but... three times as much, it's like a little bit better, but it's like, you know, it's, there's no there's real def- reason. Yeah. 
this is often a premium tax, isn't there, for like doing doing that? Like, yeah. know, would you would you call a BMW three times better than a Focus? Exactly. Than, it's like yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's worth it for some people, I'm sure, and it's but it's kind of a luxury. And this yeah, is a, yeah, yeah. this is this thing is definitely a luxury, but it's like living in the future. It's you know it's blue, it's wireless, and it connects to two things at once, and you play, and it just works. And the noise cancelling. I was always skeptical about noise cancelling because I knew that it wasn't magic and that, and I'd always heard like, oh, it's great for airplanes with a constant, steady jet noise, but like in an office, it's not that good. Um, It's not as perfect as what you would like it to be, be. I guess, but But, it's still pretty good. But I, yeah, it's really damn good. Like it's, it's not magic, but it's really great, especially, and I'm using it in the office basically. That's why I got it really. I mean, it's been, I've used it at home a few times, but, um, um, I mean, at home it's weird because I put it on and it cancels all the sound from my PC, even though that's quite quiet. It's like, oh, mm. wow, that's really noticeable. And then I used it once on the tube and it's like crazy how loud it is on the tube and you don't notice. Like, um, cause you're in a tunnel with a load of machinery making a bunch of noise and it's all echoing everywhere. But I guess you don't, you just get attuned to it almost straight away. But like sitting just in the station with the train not moving, you know, and you just put them on. It's like, holy shit, it's so loud just in this mm. environment. And you're exposed to that for like 30 minutes, 20 minutes a day or something, or however long you spend on your eye. Spend well, on I, also d- I also wonder if, like, no- the, what the effect of noise cancelling actually is on your ears. It's like, is it actually reducing the amount of noise entering your ear, or is the noise just in a way. It's hard yeah. to describe. Like, is it sort of buffered in a way? Like, because when I when I turn noise yeah. cancelling on in my headphones, after a while, it feels like a pressure. Right. Yeah. I mean, um, it. And it I, does... I don't quite know what it's doing. Like, whether or not that's actually, in some respects, like not actually making it quieter, effectively. Mm. But it's. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure physics dictates that that's exactly what it's doing. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. But like, why would it feel? Feel you're crazy. like that. <laughs> that's why. Mm. But if there's. But there could be something. To, I don't know what it is, Zach. How does it work? Because, like, surely if you're in a room with absolutely no vibrations being made, is that not different to a vibration being made and then a destructive vibration being made to cancel it, blasting into your ears or whatever? Like, is there no be, physical that's difference? The whole point, that's the yeah. whole point of what destructive interference even does. I mean, in theory, right. it's like noise cancelling is not perfect because of the delay so there is always going to be some amount of so maybe like you might be getting like sound that is inaudible to you because it's been reduced or shifted Mm. that's still coming in Mm. but yeah you know destructive interference is a thing and it like it's a thing and it works it it cancels the whole the the whole intention of the The energy of it it just removes the whole wave yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, i I, I understand that it's just this (laughs) yeah it's it's just an odd sensation well it's probably because you're not used to actual silence maybe yeah Yeah, maybe (laughs) especially in those environments but yeah in the office it just means i can if I'm concentrating on working, I can put on music and have it at a lower, much lower volume than I would have had to do to kind of drown out the office noise. Sure. Uh, which is really great. And I'm, it genuinely helps me concentrate and work, you know? I mean, and, um, I can switch and it, um, just connects to my, um, Mac over Bluetooth, uh, or, and it connects to two, the way it works is it can connect to two things at once and then just whichever one you play, it just starts playing. Which is pretty cool, and it seems to have uh, the. Uh, I haven't tried playing on both. I think it must just pick one. Um, 
but or the last one you hit play on or whatever or, or that had an audio coming out of it um but it, it kind of announces it has a little um text-to-speech engine in it or whatever so it, it tells you what it's connected to and stuff which is quite good hello dan i mean yeah. it is <laughs> and it has um like uh play pause and volume controls right on the headset as well which is pretty nice so yeah. i find that useful i can just hit pause as i take the headphones off if i'm speaking to someone yeah that's neat uh yeah they're really really good i i highly recommend them if you can afford to spend too much money on headphones but uh yeah nearly 300 quid yeah they're 290 quid they were yeah yeah and they're amazing (laughs) so there you go As I keep saying at the moment, like anything I ever say, well, that would be nice. It's like, they're like, we've got a new couch. Yeah, that's <laughs> fair enough. Absolutely fair enough. Like, new mattress. Uh, it, it's, it's a total luxury, but... Uh, um, Anniversary gifts. It's been a bit of a revelation, you know, because um, there's some things you could spend too much money on that wouldn't be worth it at all, definitely. Oh, sure. Like, it, it, I, I was wandering through John Lewis the other day, and uh, they... Oh, man. I saw Samsung's current like flagship, like Super HD or like 4K yeah. Quantum Dot TV, and I'm sat there going, "Oh, that thing is beautiful!" But boy, yeah. the uplift the the uplift for the latest model is is significant. Um, what you mean the upgrade? Or, yeah. Well, the the cost, of, right? Like uh, uh, between like one step down and the current flagship model is is pretty large Steep, like you know yeah. you could have like an, an another samsung 4k tv right next to it and it's like this is like half the price and it's the same size and it's most of the tech <laughs> that's in this other one mm-hmm. but but seriously though oh that thing quantum like i've seen both oleds and quantum dots in action and honestly i can't really tell the difference between them but like they're both so nice like it's just that moment where you look at them and go, I need one of these. I'm sure that will be, you'll get to that point before long, Rob. I mean, you've done your PC, so <laughs> you've had you your TV for a while. And then you immediately have that conversation with your other half. It's like, yeah, we don't need 60 inches of TV. And I'm like, oh, yes. Yes, you do. Yes, we do. <laughs> you make, are, those are, those made, are 60 beautiful inches. You've got <laughs> you a lot of use out of your TV, though, haven't you? I mean, it's like eight. What's well, eight? nine years old now yeah and you use it like every day to play games and stuff right yeah, yeah it gets used all the time yeah. well that's the thing it's still perfectly fine right so if i'm being logical about it there's, there's yeah. zero requirement to change it yeah that's true i just like if we rearranged this room so we didn't have a floating couch and stuff like that so you know we'd lose like half a meter then it's like well i want a bit more screen space mm. i'm slightly further away <laughs> just put the <laughs> closer god damn I wouldn't put the TV. You don't have the TV floating in the room. Well, that's not what I meant. I just meant put you closer to the television. Nah, that's the whole point. I mean, we don't ideally in the, the whole room, point is not to, The whole point of buying a TV is not to deliberately put yourself as far away as possible in order to spend more money. That's that's not a logical. <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying like if we lay out the room to create more space in here. Things need to be against the walls more rather than this couch, which is like some distance away from the wall and like. To get it, get it the shelving behind it. It's like if we if we rearrange this room sensibly, we would naturally be further away from the screen. And it's like, I think you can rearrange this room in a way that doesn't involve some amount of floating. 
Because you've got too many like shelves and bookcases and stuff. Oh sure, there's there's an, an, an excess, there's an, an, a, a single extra shelving. Anyway, we should talk later because this is a problem that needs solving. <laughs> it's not a problem. That's the thing. It's perfectly fine how it is. So apart from your couch size, that's the, the main problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, we so well, we sized up like corner units and stuff like that, and realised they don't fit. There's no way you can make them fit in this room. Yeah, irritatingly, because of like the stuff being in the middle of every wall. But who the fuck wants the corner unit? Oh, I like corner units. They're comfortable. They're Some not. people seem to be obsessed with the corners sofas. I, like them. I don't really understand that. I like them. You might as well just get a sofa with a recliner built in. That's basically what you're after with a corner unit. You just want that one space where you can lean back further, and that's basically what a recliner does. I guess, but then, but then. Having a floating recline, if it, like a float room, yeah. We're not separate as part of the couch. We're built in one of those semi recliner ones where they, you, you know. Oh, where some chairs do it. Yeah. Yeah, those are fine, but they're still part of the corner unit, generally. Those semi ones. Like, and if you get a couch with recliners, then those things have to be bigger, generally, to be able to recline. They need to be taller. And then or just. <laughs> You've had this couch for so long. How do you even know what a recorder unit's like? A what? A, rec- a recorder unit? A re- no, a recorder unit. How do you even know? Because I've been looking at couches. Yeah, but you, you've sat in them for like two minutes and you've decided that that's the best thing ever. <laughs> that's all you do when you buy things? <laughs> it's like you have a limited amount of time with which to test things? It's, it's so never I'm going to take this home for a month and it's, then I'm going to buy it. It's never been a problem up to this point and now you think that it's that great that it's a must-have thing based on like... It was not a must-have because it's a can't-have. Well, can't have. Well, yes. <laughs> It doesn't actually problem. work. <laughs> but they are nice. I've always liked them. It's just wasted space. How often do people corner. ever sit in the corner of a corner unit? And if you have enough people to fill up a couch, the corner unit is actually an inconvenience because then you've got like people's legs jammed against each other because you're trying to fit too many people in too small a space. Uh, it's very organised. But like one person just chilled out at the back. It's just like, yeah... <sighs> Not actually an efficient solution. You're just buying a whole extra meter square of couch that no one's ever going to actually sit on. <laughs> that's, that's such an assumption. That is such an assumption. I mean, for a start, I mean, it acts as like a chaise long without needing a chaise long, right? Okay, for that, maybe for the occasional time where you're lying down, maybe. But for a start, and you're you can in... have two people sat next to you while you're doing that. For a start, you already had a two-person couch anyway in here, so it's like not, it's not a bit of problem up to this point. It's technically a three-seater. Yeah, technically. <laughs> but then for all three-seaters are designed with that crappy like idea that they only put two bits of like actual arse yep, there's, segments there's together. Yep, there's the modern bad design so, again. <laughs> so someone has to always sit in the crack if you're, if you're going to use I'm a three-seater I'm sure there are, there are three-seater sofas that have three cushions on, on there, or maybe... Or just one big cushion. That would work. Apart yeah. from not, because the middle of the cushion would cave in really fast. Because mm. that's the whole reason to have separated oh, cushions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, my most like three seater sofas are designed in two with two cushions, and it's like I wouldn't have called this a three seater. It's still smaller than. No. A it's a little bit smaller than most, seater. but it is technically a three seater. Yeah. Couches. Couches. What have you been playing? Yeah, looks like she called that video. Uh, yeah, I'll crap through mine then before we get to the big news, I guess. Uh, I finished Doom. And then continue to play it, apparently. Well, because there there's two other modes in that game you <laughs> need checking out. It's like the Call of Duty of Doom. Of Dooms. 
<laughs> dues. A campaign stays real good. It gets hard. It got hard, even in the like not the recommended difficulty level I was playing at. I guess, like, uh, yeah, satisfyingly hard. Like, cool. like the fights are still fun. The music gets cool. I think like some of the, uh, I guess some of the setting and the story kind of you know just fades away a little bit. Like it becomes a bit by the numbers. I guess t- towards the end. Yeah, uh, it's not quite as interesting as it is at the start, but. Uh, but whatever, it's a cool game. It took me way longer to get through it than I ever anticipated. Um, yeah, it's, it's longer than you think. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good game. Good game, Great good value. Target. Some really good throwbacks to, to the original as well. Like some nice moments where you're just like, oh, you did that. Oh, that's cool. Nice referencing. Good referencing. Good referencing of yourself. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's been long enough. Yeah, it's neat. So after I did that, I started exploring what's around the edges of the campaign because obviously, clearly, the campaign is what everyone comes for. But you know, there's a few more achievements to it, so I tried some other stuff. Uh, uh, so I checked out Snap, Snap Map. I didn't actually go into the editing tools. I went and played some stuff that was made of Snap Map. Like All right. clearly, that's like you want to see like, well, what can people achieve with this thing? Yeah, and like, like Forge. Yeah, it turns out you can't really achieve anything particularly interesting. Mm. It's like, well, you can sort of remake classic deathmatch if you want, or you can make horde modes with some level of rules. There's, there is some level of logic making to this thing, so you can define rules and triggers. And, um, and you know, I played some levels that seemed fairly competently made, where there was like, uh, you can't go through this door yet. You need to go find the thing to do this, and there's like, you can put custom bits of text about and have prompts on screen and there are some mechanics you can actually wire up yourself so that in one level one game i was playing you could only get um you could only charge the bfg by killing a certain enemy with a glory kill and then it would drop bfg ammo for your next shot whatever and that was the only way and you could only carry a single shot at a time you know that stuff like mm-hmm. that it's uh you know there is there's some some custom logic you can add to these things and some custom on-screen indicators to to to, to do some of that so the, the, there's more there than you think, but I just came away from that and any of it going, I've just played the campaign. <laughs> like, none of this stuff is actually that interesting when you put it next to that thing. No. It's like, I, I really get, I get what they're going for, but it just, it, it doesn't resonate with me at all. But there is like one bit of in, intrigue to this. Like, they seem to have made snap map puzzles. As in, like, they give you a task to do, and then you have to use Snap Map to do that task. Like, use the editing tools to create something that does that. Mm. It's like, that's an interesting idea. It's like, I haven't I haven't dug into it at all, but... So, did you play any puzzles then, or...? No, I'm, as I say, I haven't dug into the editing tools, so I'm, 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 I figure I might need to go through, like, the tutorials to learn how to oh, use okay. Snap Map. There's a significant number of tutorials. Um to figure out how to do all this stuff, presumably for the logical reasons, I guess. Um, and then once you've, yeah, maybe once you've done all that, you can attempt the puzzle mode. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll see. I don't know if I'll go back to that. One of the major hurdles to me using SnapMap is uh, the, when you launch Doom, it's loading time isn't very good. It's fine once you're into the game, mm. but it's loading times are quite long on my PC. Like the, the, the initial load is quite epic. And it does the thing that Call of Duty does, that once it's loaded... 
You then have to swap into a different different version of the game, effectively, to play the other states. And so when you boot it, it always boots in campaign mode. And then you click snap map and it goes, all right, I'm, re- I'm going to reboot in snap map mode. And that takes forever. Ugh. The load is like, it's like five minutes at least. Seriously? What? It's a really, really long time. That's crazy. Five. So that, 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 by a long way, it's like, and yeah, it's only five minutes. I could go away and make a coffee or something, but like. <laughs> you should like, have to it's, go it's, and make coffee just for, just to I, change game it's, modes. It's, it's an absurdly long time. It makes no sense at all. It's not really changing game modes. It's like loading an entire editor. Yeah. <laughs> like I quite guess. a complicated editor, by the sounds of it. Yeah, uh, quite, a, quite a proficient editor, yeah. Really? Um, and yet there's not that much exciting that's been achieved with it yet. Or... I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. It depends on the, well, I guess, the guys. It depends on the community. Stuff, like, <laughs> are the type of people going to Doom going to be the guys to build those things? I don't know. You know, that's an assumption again, but, you know. I guess so. Um, people made some pretty good revolt levels. Anyway, <laughs> that's true. that is true. Yeah, but not with the not with the revolt level level editor. <laughs> no, they made their own. They used their external tools to do a lot of stuff. Eventually, although the in-game tools were kind of neat. Yeah. Well, the hack, the cheat mode, or the debug mode, right. or whatever. Does that really count? Though? Yeah. That was the, the, they were kind of neat. Uh, yeah, so that's the, my major hurdle with that. And also then uh, the other element is I also checked out the multiplayer, which, you know, thankfully doesn't have nearly as bad a load um, uh, to see what that's like. And that's actually kind of fun. It's like, it's not, uh, you know, I never touched it during the, any of the betas or anything like this. Is what, this was my first exposure to what Doom's multiplayer is, I guess, or new Doom's multiplayer. Yeah. And it is odd having a loadout system in this and like you, you spawn with two weapons and it has a call of duty style leveling system where you, when you reach a certain experience level, you'll unlock the, the ability to start with certain guns and um, you can customize the, the colors of all your guns and of yourself are all unlockable based on experience levels and uh, things like that. They actually go all the way down the COD tree, and it's like you know they have like challenges to do mid level and mm. mid multiplayer game, and uh, uh, you know it presents them as you complete them. And the summary screens at the end of each map are just the same as called how Call of Duty does it. And it's like, all right, fine, you've actually put some effort into this, but why? Why? <laughs> like, I would much prefer if it played like Quake. <laughs> honestly like with the types of guns you have in the, there are some guns that are specific to the multiplayer as well that aren't in the campaign and it's yeah it's just I, I don't think it's the right place for that type of thing it would be way better if they just went all the way down the arena shooter hole and i'm not i'm not sure well, it's i guess particularly... that's what id are doing right with yeah quake with champions, quake champions. So, and i guess and they... maybe that's why this is what it is right yeah, they, they had so. to do something that wasn't quake um uh, and it just—I don't think it, it. I mean, it's fine, but that's all it is. It's just fine, you know. Yeah. It's like, uh, it, I mean, it's got some humor to it. Like when you when you when when you're viewing like the taunts your character can do, which you know, who taunts in the middle of a fucking high speed arena style <laughs> shooter, um, like. The, but the, the animations play really fast, which is quite funny. <laughs> like, so you're nice. doing like a super fast silly dance. Um, there's, there's some amusement to be had there. Um, <laughs> sure. Uh, 
and also like, I just generally don't think it's that well balanced. The rocket launcher basically is the best thing to have, and you can just spawn with it. So you know, just do that, right? <laughs> Uh, running around yeah. trying to find the BFG all the time. Right? I mean, the, the, there are some special, the, the odd occasion, like the chainsaw will spawn every now, on some levels, which I haven't quite figured out why you'd want to use. Just use the rocket launcher. You know, it's yeah, it's just there's just a bit of that to it. It just it, just, it doesn't feel like it's terribly thought thought through. Um, uh, and interestingly enough, in the credits for the game, do you remember Battle Cry? No. <laughs> well, it's. It, it hasn't come out. It's that Bethesda team-based shooter, like that was sort of announced at the same time as things like Battleborn and Overwatch were becoming known, right? And supposedly a bit more melee-focused has looked terrible every time we've seen it. Right. The studio behind it has been working on Doom. maintaining and right. doing the DLC for Doom multiplayer. Right. That makes sense. So Battlecry Studios are doing other things. Other than making Battle Cry, so maybe Battle Cry is not being made right now. Couldn't say. Mm. Don't know, but yeah, Doom. Doom's cool. Play the campaign. The rest of it, you can sort of leave. Honestly, but it's still worth it for the campaign. The campaign's cool. Uh, what else have I been up to? Uh, not a great deal, to be honest. I'd like while I was in out in Germany, I. Uh, that fire, I, well, I finished Zelda finally. Okay. So there really wasn't anything. You just to, did that one boss that you just hadn't got. I just hadn't, hadn't done. Yeah, I just did it and it was easy. It's one of those classic things. You leave it for a while, you come back to it and go, why did I find this so hard? Um, the first time I did it, and it's like, yeah, it was easy. And it just sort of ends. Um, that was, that was fine. Uh, and I started, I needed something else to do. So I, uh, from my, Humble friends of Nintendo bundle. I put um, uh, a game on my system called Nano Sh- Nano Assault EX, which is uh, developed by Shinnan Multimedia, who have recently come into my favour thanks to Fast Racing Neo. And so it's like, oh, let's see what these guys can do on the DS. Uh, and it turns out they can make a twin stick shooter with some on rail sections that play out. But it's like it's kind of okay. Nothing particularly like amazing about it. It looks good for a mm. DS game. Um, some uh, it's a little bit framey, but you know it, it's it, it looks good. There's some nice effects going on, and the 3D is nice. And uh, I can it, it was it was one of those games that seems to have been designed for the Circle Pad Pro. Oh yeah. So like, and I'm playing on a new 3DS, so you don't need that. But there's an interesting yeah. sort of. Com- compatibility layer going on there somewhere where it's like the device goes hey do you want to connect the circle pad and I'm like sure <laughs> and it goes alright I found that let's, let's go uh, and then you use the little little stub to be your right stick to shoot kind of thing and uh, during the 3D on rail sections it's like you can move your aiming cursor separately from where your ship is to, to avoid bullets and things and it's like yeah that, game, that game's alright there's nothing really imag- like in- particularly interesting about it but it's alright Got me through a couple of flights, so you know. That's all you can ask. Yeah, I might yeah you know, just finish it off. I don't think I think I got most of the way through it. So uh, yeah, apparently that's not the first one of those they made. There's been like two of them. They made a Wii U like upgraded version, 
which apparently is quite pretty. And uh, there, there was a previous version, which I think may have... Oh, it was a retail version, the non-EX version of Nano Assault. Um, so there's more stuff in this version. But There you go. There was that. Um, probably about it, really. I mean, I, 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 I guess uh, with the Cambridge guys, I was playing Gauntlet on the PS4. Um, like they, I think it was last year they put out a sort of new take on Gauntlet. They, they keep trying to put out new takes on Gauntlet for some reason. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that game. It sort of worked and it was sort of entertaining because, you know, there's four people playing it. You get that co-op vibe, right? And that, that vibe is often good, regardless of what you're playing. But, man, the difficulty spikes in that are extreme. Like, you just get hoarded and then you can't do anything. And I don't think the character I was playing as was particularly fun to play. Um, like the Valkyrie, which basically just sort of had a shield and occasionally throw the shield or had one of those attacks where you just zip through enemies. But like the, the wind up for all the attacks was always too long. So it's like, oh, I need to do this attack right now. And you just get hit during your wind up. And it's like, you know, in a game like Gauntlet, like where you're sort of dungeon crawling, like damage is a real important thing to not have happen to you. Because uh, you don't know when you're going to get food, or you don't know when you're going to get it back. Uh, and everyone has a shared pool of lives, so you really don't want to die and let the team down, you know, that kind of thing. And, it's, uh, and there's just one mechanic that, whenever it occurs, just means you're going to lose all your lives, like right now. Um, where there's basically death spawns and just sort of meanders around a bit, chasing someone. And if you go into his circle of doom, you die. And it's kind of hard to avoid him while you're being hoarded by things and being crushed into corners and you're trying to destroy enemy generators to stop yourself from being hoarded and crushed into... Co- it's it's too hard. It's too, I sort of didn't get on with it, really, like personally. But you know, kind, of, kind of fun times playing it in co-op, mm. I guess. I just don't think it's a very good game. <laughs> yeah, makes sense. The sort of enjoy- shared enjoyment to be had even in bad games sometimes. Uh, and then because Other Dan is uh, a big fan of uh, cave shooters, um, you know, shmups by a cave, so, you know, insane bullet hells, uh, and I had brought my fight stick with me, we tried, so we put, put, put the fight stick on some of those games. <laughs> Decided it's a really good way to play those games. Fight stick rules <laughs> every week. You can play everything with the fight stick. <laughs> play everything with the fight stick. Oh, well, I mean, it makes perfect sense in this case, right? Oh, there, totally. Like, yeah, yeah. There are arcade, arcade games. Machine, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that, that worked. That was fun. We played that for far too long this morning. Uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. I mean, I, oh, no, wait. I should, I, we should talk about Overwatch because their summer games thing is occurring right now. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if we talked about Lucio Ball before. I think we did, but uh, they basically put Rocket League in Overwatch. Well, a really bad version. Of Rocket it's League. not great. I toyed with it for a few matches and thought, nope, I don't really need to play this again. And then people found glitches to put Diva in it, <laughs> which is kind of funny. But you'll get banned if you do that. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, so the, the sort of upset about the Summer Games thing is it adds like a hundred new loot items. Uh, to the game, and but none of those are purchasable using the <coughs> the in-game currency system, which you've been building up for a while if you've been playing it consistently. 
Um, mm. Meaning the only way to earn these are from the random loot crates or by purchasing the random loot crates, uh, which has got some people fairly annoyed. Um, honestly, I don't care, but it has mean I've been playing a lot of it to try and get any of these items. And it's like, I've got a lot of the crap items. I've only gained one of the skins. Well, the fact that you even have one of the skins is fairly surprising. No, it's like, here's a hundred items, about three of them are skins. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like four, maybe five skins and a few, uh, celebrations, like in highlight reel intro things and a couple of emotes. Um, so maybe some voice lines and like a billion sprays. Yeah. Because always a billion sprays. That's what makes up most of the hundred. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, so I got, I got like, so my Mercy now looks like she's from Switzerland, basically. Like, she's red and has the Swiss flag on, it, on bits of her outfit. But, which is actually kind of a cool colour scheme for Mercy. But, um, I kind of want the Tracer, like, GB Runners outfit. That's kind of cool. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, I think it's in no way affiliated with the Rio Olympics. Like they couldn't, the, the word Olympics is never said. The, the logo isn't the same as the Rio. Well, they just call it the Summer Games, um, which makes me think that when they do, they do take this away in about a week's time. Um, that you know, and they say all these items are going to be unavailable. They're going to go into the vault. So if you don't get them now, you're not going to get them. But they're going into the language they used was into the vault, which means I reckon they'll just come back next year. They'll just like even if there's no Olympics on, they'll just do summer games. Sure, I mean that would make sense, and they do that in all the other games along with like, like Dota and whatnot. Where yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah, here yeah. comes the Halloween thing. Sure, yes. yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, the only, the only thing I will say about this is like I don't think it's worth getting upset about because it's just aesthetic stuff. Like, sure, whatever. I mean, it's and nice, like ninety-five nice percent bullshit aesthetic stuff. That you don't care yeah, about. of course. Um, like, I, don't, I don't see why it's a big problem. But also, the, the only problem I have with it, it's like, well, give us some proper permanent content, please. Yep, exactly. I'd quite like some more levels now. Yep, I told you. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I'm still happy with the game. I'm still playing it a lot. Um, well, I'm up to like 40 hours now, but like, which is nothing for yeah. you. But, you know, that's quite a lot for me, just just fitting it in here and there, because it's like, it's nice to just load. It loads fast enough that it's just like, oh, I'll just have a quick game of Overwatch. Um, what you should be doing with Rocket League. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, but it, I, I like that game a whole bunch. So, you know. But it's time for some content. It's time for some levels. No more. Not, not, not another hero. We want levels this time. Time is now. I'm done. I'm out. I, 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 I hear no Overwatch hype <laughs> in this room. <laughs> Uh, not against it, I'm just not hyping it. Uh, but yeah, I'm sure there'll be new levels at some point soon. You know Blizzard, they support their shit for years. Yeah, I mean, that's what just worries me. Like, it would just be such a slow rollout. I mean, it will it happen, be slow as hell. It just, it's yeah. just so slow. It's too slow. You know, I, when Summer Games is over, I think I will probably drop it for a while. You know, maybe do some mm-hmm. get back into Rocket League because it has been a while since I've played that properly. Um, other than that little PS4 excursion. Uh, yeah. Cool. It's cool. Zach. We... <coughs> Excuse me, might turn the cough. Yep. What have you been playing? <coughs> I've played a whole shit ton of stuff. No, boys. It's been so, ridiculous. Selling, boys. 
So we're going to have to go way back in the time of the two weeks ago when things were different and I was still playing previous games. <laughs> when things were different. <laughs> Those were different times. Back when yeah. men were men. Back when I was <laughs> continuing to play Starbound. I finished it. There you go. Oh, okay. I got to the end of the story. It continued to be like the second... All, basically all the stuff that I hadn't... All the bosses that I hadn't seen continued to be sort of vaguely disappointing. It's like, these aren't really that great and the, le- the levels surrounding them aren't as good as they should be, I don't think. Because, you know, you have each of the races they each have a level. Like, the glitch one was just a horde mode. It's just like, this isn't oh, okay. interesting at all. Because mm. combat in Starbound isn't actually that great, really. Mm. <laughs> Did it have, like, buy your upgrades during the horde mode? No. no it was no. just like, just fight a shit ton of enemies and then a boss forms at the end. Okay. And it's a boss that you will have seen at some point in the beta, but not recently because it got taken out. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it's not random, it's part of this specific mission. Yeah. And, like, that boss wasn't even very hard. It's <laughs> like, stand in a certain place on this map and then it becomes, like, to stand there and hit it until it dies. <laughs> and then the end boss was marginally more interesting. Basically, the end boss is like a planet. So you have the first phase. <laughs> right. The first phase of the boss is like you have to get to where you can actually fight it. So you're going, you have to basically navigate through a planet the normal way you would on a planet, except it's constantly trying to attack you with like more enemies than they normally exist on a planet, I guess. Well, they should have done some cool stuff where like the actual the world is somehow trying to like actively working against you, like to enclose you in. And yeah, I mean, they could have confused and to warp around every now and then. Oh, bugger, I've got to go over there now. I mean, I did initially, uh, before I knew what you had to do, I guess I thought like, do you have to actually damage it by mining it essentially? Yeah. They could have done something interesting with that, but not quite. You have to like, you just have to go down into the center of the planet essentially. And it doesn't matter where you are, just go down. Well, once you get to the bottom, because the map loops in us, you know, because it's yeah, a looping map, you just walk in one direction until you find the boss chamber. I see. And then you do the fight. <laughs> and then you win. So, yeah, success. Beat Starland. Not really much point in going back to that, I guess, until uh, and see what the continuing support turns out to be like, maybe. Mm. Gotta get that content. Because I fully upgraded my ship and everything. Again. and reorganized all my shit to be appropriately laid out. It was quite nice. Like, I managed to make a reasonably designed ship in the end once I got all the space available. Mm. I was like, ah, oh, here I can have the room which is the library and here's the, like, clothing room, I guess. Because <laughs> I've got too much fucking clothing. Because <laughs> really the clothing is the only thing that you get that's sort of interesting, except it's not because it's just cosmetic. <laughs> oh, right. It's like, oh, I can get, like, sets of clothing where it, occupies all three of the different slots like head body and legs or whatever and it's like oh you can look like a I don't know. <laughs> yeah you can look like a lava or something <laughs> but it's just like that's not really interesting because it's just cosmetic Where where's the interesting actual loot I did get a few like actual loot weapons like special weapons and you know they're sort of cool except not as powerful as the weapons you can make and not common enough that you feel good about getting them. It's like one in every ten planets, maybe you'll find a singular <laughs> un- uncommon weapon. Mm. Not enough. 
So yeah, that was fun. Enough, and none of them are interesting enough. Or, well, none of them are powerful enough either. Right. Like I had one, of the, like probably the most interesting one that I got was like, it's a weapon that's like a special gauntlet that creates like free floating spheres, and you just like throw the spheres out, kind of like a boomerang, like a short range boomerang. Mm. It's like that's cool. And then like if you right click, they turn into a shield. It's like that's kind of cool, except it does shit all damage. So <laughs> mm. not actually helpful. <laughs> I'd like to use it if it wasn't terrible. So yeah, got got through Salvan. Then the second extremely old, well, not really extremely old, but the second thing that I continued to play after talking about it last time, I guess, was I played another tiny bit of XCOM, well, not that tiny, I guess, another some amount of XCOM 2 to go back and investigate those things that I was talking about last time. Oh, uh, was it more of the hacking experiments? Yeah, and... more of the hacking experiments and the stealth experiments. Sure. So it turns out, in an obvious correction, you can in fact hack mission objectives, but only if the guy with the robot has direct line of sight to the mission objective. Right. Which is not actually indicated in any way. You just have to vaguely have a good idea of how far your dude can see and hope that you happen to end up in a square that has a direct line of sight to the thing. Okay. If it's like through a window or something, you have to be kind of lucky to find the exact spot. So in that example we were talking about before, like the objective was in like a crate? Well, the you'd, you'd still have been a bit buggered? Yeah, the one that I talked about the first time where the objective was in the back of a van, I would still oh, yeah. have been fucked because the van was facing away from the direction I was coming at. Yeah. So I still would have had to run all the way up to the back of the van to be able to get into the van. Yeah. And the doors were shut anyway, so I would have had to open the doors. So yeah, doesn't solve all the problems, but you can theoretically do it if you happen to be able to get a line of sight on it. It doesn't make a great deal of sense with like remote robots, right? No. I mean... Squad site never made that much sense in XCOM technically. <laughs> sure. It's like, this sniper can't fucking see further than he can actually see with a scope on a sniper rifle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unless you upgrade him with the squad ability that lets him see what everyone else can see but not any further than himself. <laughs> yeah. And they had an opportunity to change that since you can attach scopes to weapons, except scopes just give you a percentage to hit upgrade, not actually more range. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, and I also tried the like stealth guy experiment, like the guy who remains cloaked when the rest of the squad is revealed. Oh, okay. Tactic. And see if you can run him behind. And that sort of worked. I managed to keep that guy cloaked all the way to the mission objective. But when, as like on this specific map where I did it, which was a different map to when I was originally experimenting, but like on this specific map, he got to the mission objective basically and there weren't any enemies in the way. <laughs> so anyone no. could have done that run. No, right. He could have just run, taken the same route and been fine. Yeah. I mean, I. So still more work to do, but. I mean, technically, my, like, the rest of my squad were killing guys and he did slightly, like, go around them, but like. My, the rest of my squad had killed those guys and then moved up in time that they could have just got the mission objectives themselves. I didn't have to have the stealth guy going ahead of them, essentially. So, yeah. So, I, so, so yeah, more, more experiments to do on uh, that front. Well, more, like, things that potentially could work, but, right, like, yeah. are kind of too situational. Mm. And it's, like, it's, the ma- it's a matter of, like, the 
randomly generated maps where you don't because you don't know in advance whether that's going to be useful like you don't know in advance whether the mission objective is going to be inside a building with no windows so you won't be able to get line of sight on it so you don't know whether you're going to be able to do yeah. that <laughs> yeah just fly over just fly over where you're landing well that's just one surprise that's a mod no oh, is it yeah. <laughs> gives you an aerial overview of the map before you start the mission smart that's smart So, yeah, and I had a couple of like interesting moments happen. I did have the, I got the achievement for killing a sectopod on the first turn you encounter it in a completely ridiculous way. Okay. Where, so the new, new sectopods are slightly different to the old sectopods in various ways, but then essentially just like a walker robot thing that's big yeah. and has quite a lot of health. <laughs> We're evil. But, but like, so the way I got that achievement was one of my guys had a weapon attachment that gives you a 5% chance to kill any enemy that you shoot, no matter what health it has. Right. And so literally, I, I snuck up into this base and I could, I'd scanned and I could see there was a second part in the next room. And all my guys had moved up and they, the, the second part hadn't been alerted and the other enemies that were with it hadn't been alerted. And I was like, okay, so now I'm going to open this door and then, Everyone's ready with Overwatch and stuff. Yeah. And so I open the door, the second one walks out. The first guy with Overwatch is the guy with the 5% chance to kill it. And it just murders it in one shot with a shotgun from across the room. And it's like, well, okay then. Nice. <laughs> Solved that second problem quite quickly. That's that's good way to do it. Awesome. That's when the percentage is in your favor. Sector pods in the last mission of the last game being yep, that's, the biggest pain in the ass of the whole game. That'll be interesting to see how this game completely fucks you at the end. <laughs> yeah. I've also come across the new version of the Chrysalids, which are like, they've been severely nerfed. <laughs> no, really. They were terrifying in the last one, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah no one knowing what a zombie teammate. I mean, they do kind of still suck. But they seem to do a lot less damage for a start when they actually get into melee range. They don't have much health compared to a lot of the other enemies around. Mm. Their main advantage now is that like they seem to mostly always come in like groups of three, which is you know that's a lot of enemies technically. And also they can burrow, so they can like oh, hide and then spring out when you walk up part close to them. Uh, that sucks. But you just scan, and then, yeah, <laughs> and it's fine. I guess the scanning is a new thing, right? And also, I finally got the, I finally got the ship upgrade that basically tells you what aliens are in a mission ahead of time. Oh, uh, okay. So that's actually useful. We just like, oh, Chris Lynch, I better make sure I bring my scanners. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't in the first game, was it either? I maybe I don't really remember. No, I don't remember. It, <laughs> I think there was some kind of upgrade that like gave you more information before mm. the start of the mission. I don't remember specifically what it said. Though. Yeah, maybe I just didn't pay attention to getting it. I don't know. It was, it did be, you know, they took their moment to make a reference, but when you, when you go into a, when you see that scan at the start of a mission and there's a new enemy type, it's the, the list just lists it as enemy unknown. Oh, nice. <laughs> it's like, yeah. yeah, that's good. Nice. <laughs> that's good reference there. So, yeah. Uh, and also, uh, as I played some more of that game, I wanted to mention again, like the, like, the progression curve still seems really weird and wonky. Mm. Like I spent a long time just doing like randomly generated missions, I guess you'd call them just like the missions that appear over time that just keep you busy. I spent a long time doing that and the aliens were making progress on their whatever secret project doom clock thing. 
And it was gradually counting up, and I was like, well, this is going to be a problem soon. I probably need to actually progress the story, I guess. (laughs) Start knocking some points off their doom clock. But then when I actually did that and played one of the next story missions, it like basically wiped the entire enemy clock. It, 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 It counted up to like, I'm not sure what it was, it was like seven or eight blocks out of ten right. or whatever. And then I did this one mission, which technically I did the the campaign mission and like a sub-objective that I could have done anywhere, but I happened to do inside that mission as well. Right. And it wiped off like five blocks <laughs> off mm. the timer. I was like, well, that's a bit that's bought me quite crazy. A lot. That's bought me quite a lot of preparation time in. Yeah. It seems like it's a bit abrupt. Maybe, mm. maybe could have been. I mean, maybe they didn't expect someone just, to do that within that same mission. Yeah, do the subjective as well. Or, or it's nice to have that feeling of success after getting so close to to danger. Sometimes, yes, but it does seem a bit like abrupt to be like, "Oh, we've set back their project a hell of a lot." Yeah. <laughs> Suddenly, I'm okay with that. That's cool. So yeah, they did that, and then I don't know. It's still not like. I still don't really have any idea how close I am to the end because I did. I'd been like waiting to do these two missions. Well, I guess I couldn't have done these next story missions until I built this specific thing in the ship, and that was why it was taking so long. Because mm. it's like oh, I have to clear the area out in the ship, and then I actually have to have enough power to be able to power this room that I'm about to build. So I have to clear some more area and build a power generator and staff it up with engineers and all this stuff. So it's like this is going to take a couple of months to even get to the point where I can do these next missions and then once I actually get them it's like hey, holy shit I've <laughs> got this massive jump in progress essentially mm-hmm. and I still haven't done the second of these two missions it's kind of weird because like it sort of it initially seems like a sub-objective where you have the you have the main objective which seems to be, and the main storyline I guess you call it sort of which is like the aliens are abducting people even though they've already taken over the efforts or whatever. And then they do doing some genetic experiments and some other bullshit. So you follow that and you like invade alien secret bases and steal vials of mystery, mystery substances. <laughs> mystery fluid. And all that kind of stuff. And then like it starts off as a sort of a sub-objective, but then there's the like you're hacking into the alien computer network essentially. Which manifests as like a physical thing, like a it's basically like a sort of Tron dude, I guess. <laughs> like it just pops out of nowhere, and it's like this glitchy computer thing, but it also okay. has a brain inside it that you can hack, and then it <laughs> falls out as a physical brain after you kill it. Okay, so there's that, and you hack those, and that leads you on this other like side. It's Syndicate. You're playing Syndicate, I guess. That leads you on this other side quest to like find out where those come from, like find where the alien mainframe is, I guess. And then you find like a weird portal to another planet and some other stuff. And I'm like, which of these is actually the main story? <laughs> I can't tell because these are both progressing. They both progressed at like exactly the same rate, maybe just because of the way I've been playing. Mm. And both of them seem to affect the overall, like, the overall clock. Yeah, the overall clock. I'm like, these both. Which of these is more important? <laughs> which of these should I be worrying about more? Yeah, which of them is the primary, I suppose? And or are they both? Do you eventually you have to do? Well, both? yeah, presumably yeah. you're going to end up needing. I don't know. It seems weird, and the ship upgrades. Just I think they need maybe maybe they could have balanced that better. Maybe that would have solved my problem with this weird like progress spike where it's like. I have to build this room that needs power and I have to build the power and then I have to clear out the space to build the power in the room and the 
staff the engineers because the power generation doesn't generate virtually any power unless you have an engineer in there. So I have to hire engineers, which is I need money to hire engineers. And mm-hmm. it's just like, there's a bit too much build up to do this one thing. <laughs> and then that room becomes functionally useless after you've done the one thing that it needs to do. Right. Apart from that is the room that gives you this alien scan, I guess. Okay. That's its that's its non-story function, I suppose. Yeah. Oh, so there's sort of a reason to keep it around rather than just demolish it and use the room preserver. I'm house. not actually sure you can demolish rooms. Oh, right. Which is also weird because, like, what if I'd already filled up all the space before I even did this? <laughs> Would I have been fucked? Hmm. Or, or, is, or is it not possible? Hmm. Or have I just not seen the option to demolish rooms? I don't know. It's like that you know, was- some UI that I haven't noticed. That would be odd. That would be a, a fairly nasty lose condition. <laughs> it's like we can't build. The th- you've got no room to build the thing that you need to. Yeah, it seems like like the amount of space you have is quite constricted. To like, I it's like I'm not sure I could have built much more than I did because of the way you need so much power to power all these rooms. It's like you have to build the power generators on the exposed power coils that makes them more powerful. Sure, in the classic way. Yeah. But it's just like, even then, I'm barely being able to have enough power for the extra rooms that there are, <laughs> as well as all these high-powered rooms that you need for the story or whatever. So I don't know. It seems a bit weird, awkwardly balanced. But it's not. It's like it's one of those things where it seems to be balanced in a way where there's like only one solution. Essentially, it's mm. not really. Op- it's not really giving you options. It's pretending like it's giving you options. <laughs> Yeah, but in right. reality, unless you do it in the most efficient way, you're going to fail. Yeah, right. But the most efficient way is super obvious. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I continue to play that. One of my my highest ranked guy died. No, and he just died. Died as well. Even though I had the the, the <laughs> up from a heart attack. <laughs> just no, I had the upgrade that's meant to make it so high ranked people are more likely to bleed out. But he didn't. He just got shot in the face and died. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, well, thanks. <laughs> that was the payback for the second part. <laughs> yes, yeah. Karma. Yeah. I I want to get another guy of that same class up to that maximum rank though, because the last level I think it was, I think it was the last level skill unlock was totally ridiculous. Where I think his one was when you take an Overwatch shot and it hits, you have a fifty percent chance to just take another Overwatch shot that turn. So he nice. he had I I always gave him the gun that had like all the accuracy mod, or my best accuracy mods on it. So his accuracy was really good. And I think one of the effects of his class also is like it just makes Overwatch more accurate, more likely to hit. Mm. Which sort of seems like they maybe should have thought that when it combines with the skill. Because but basically he I mean one I game that, but that's why they want well, to maybe. Yeah. But basically in one turn of Overwatch he empties his gun's entire clip. <laughs> It's like you fired five times in Overwatch consecutively, and they all hit. It's like, that's kind of ridiculous. It's a lot of damage. Does that leave him screwed? Do you have to spend a turn reloading? Well, you have to. You generally get screwed by that anyway. That's why the expanded clip mod is kind of important for a lot Mm. of guns, especially the heavy weapons, where you only have, like, three shots. Oh, boy. It's like that. Stick a double expanded clip on there and get at least five. Especially because, you know, the heavy weapons have the special abilities where it's like suppression and that uses two shots. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'd forgotten about there being ammo in general. 
Was that such a big deal in the film? I don't really, I just don't it remember was, that. It was really only for the heavy weapons that you had to worry about it in the first one. Because of like suppression using double and that kind of thing. Yeah, I just Yeah, I just don't remember it at all. You just have to like I remember like maybe some some of the specials having like single uses or Well, I mean sure, like the heavy weapons and stuff. Hmm. It's just you have to remember to think about like not moving for a turn and just doing some reloads. Hmm. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. So yeah, there's that. Uh, that was XCOM two. XCOM still, still sort of maybe planning on computing to play at some point. What was your What's your top advice then for a new player of that? Um, given everything, you played on normal, right? Or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I, I think, think I should just play on easy if it's that hard. God damn it! <laughs> it's not actually that hard. It's just like you have to. There's. It's just the bullshit. Time it's like games. it almost expects you to have already played the previous game and remember why, like, remember all the bullshit tactics from that game, I guess. Like, right. I like how on my first attempt, I'd forgotten that you have to, as soon as possible, research the weapon upgrade and the upgrade that lets you have more people in your squad. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Make that number one priority on my second attempt, and then it's okay. <laughs> Get six people in your squad as soon as possible, and then you're much better equipped. Hmm. Which is just one, another one of those things where it's just like, it's it's an option to not have six people in your squad, but why would you not? Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. And will it always favour a high HP, generally? Until you get to the late game where like options sort of are meaningful. Well, yeah. It's always the, the classic problem of XCOM where it's just like there's no real way to boost HP. You have those stupid vests, but it's just like you're mm. using your utility slot and you want to put Probably a grenade in there. <laughs> I, know, I guess the point is we just get generally better armor. Well, yeah, I mean that's the same case as like the weapon upgrades. It's like you want the armor upgrades as soon as you possibly can, really, as well. Mm-hmm. Time's taken on. We should probably move on. Yes, I know, but you know, it's got so much goddamn shit to talk about. Uh, what else? Uh, I also played more Factorio. I finished the speedrun achievements for that. Okay, great. Got the eight-hour run done with 20 oh, minutes geez. to spare. Jeez. You it's just like, woke up one day and played Factorio for uh, seven hours and 40 minutes. Well, it was two days. Oh, okay. Does <laughs> like you save mid-run at least. Yeah. Oh, that was the thing I should say about Doom. I tried its Ultra Nightmare mode. Yeah. It's fucked. So hard. <laughs> I can't get past the first encounter. No surprise, really. It's so hard. Hence the name. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, regular nightmare mode is that difficult, but, it, you know, you can save. <laughs> yeah. I, I, which, which, is, which is of no use to me. I can't get past the first bloody bit. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy hard. So the only achievements I still have to do in Factory now are like production achievements, like numbers. Oh, right. Like ramp up your production to ridiculous levels. Mm. Which do seem actually kind of ridiculous. Like I've built some pretty decent factories and I'm like, this is producing at a good speed. It's like I'm not waiting around when which is what I normally consider like <laughs> mm. I'm not waiting for things to be made. They're already being made in sufficient quantities that I'm not having to hang around for too long. But like even then I'm like, this is half as much as it needs to be to get this achievement. Blimey. Like what? And at a certain point, in fact, it's like, what am I even going to make to use these resources? <laughs> I mean, I guess you just launch rockets as fast as you fucking can. 
which is the only like major resource sink in the end game. Like after you've done all the research, you're not spending resources on making the research. So the only thing you can do that's like just a pure resource sink is just more rockets. <laughs> Keep firing the rocket. <laughs> Factorio out, out yet? Or is it still early nope, access? No, still. They made another post about what's coming in point one four. Okay. And this one, this time, they made slightly more reference to version one. Like they said, point one five will probably be version one, and theoretically, point one four should come out sometime around November. So that still puts actual one point oh, I don't know, February ish, probably. Mm. <laughs> we'll see. So probably not a game of 2016 then. No, it'll be in the early access category. <laughs> yeah, game g- games that haven't actually come out yet. Although we've lost Starbound from that. Yep, that actually came out. Like it's been the real game stage. <laughs> yeah, for various awards, I'm sure. Um, really? <laughs> I'm sure there was one more thing, but I'm trying. Thinking about Factorio reminded me of the last thing we need to talk about because. I literally, as I finished the speedrun, it was six o'clock on Friday, and that's the day when the game came out on Steam. It was actually really convenient. I was like, oh, this is perfectly timed. A fairly notably high-profile release. <laughs> so yeah, I launched I launched a rocket from Factorio into a different space game. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Very casually. Brand crossover. Yep. The space brand. It is space brand. The gen- generic brand of space. Yep. Uh, so yeah, No Man's Sky came out, and it was time to play that. I guess so it's a bit time more there on that on that announcement. Fortunately, it was only like a two year download, so that didn't even take long either. So how how did the initial white screen grab you? Well, it confused me. Okay, so you're one you're one of the many then, because <laughs> that that was the news story I skipped over earlier. <laughs> like a large number of. Specifically, the PlayStation users, because this news came out before the PC version had happened. I don't know why it could like, use PlayStation people as much. Well, because basically, all it says is like it's like it says initialize on screen. Yeah, and then there's the picture of the the square button. I yeah, think. the button you have to push. So you players pushed it. Yeah, the screen goes white, and then nothing happened for them because what it's actually trying to tell you is to hold the button down and things happen. Well, it doesn't so disappear. <laughs> Oh, apparently on PS4 it did. Like if you just pressed it, like the screen was just white and nothing else happened. It's like that sounds like something that shouldn't have got through play testing. Well, it, you know, the icon stays in the middle of the screen, but it's just like to even know that you have to hold it down. It's like it needed a, it needed not just to be the icon. It needed to be the icon with the ring because the ring only appears once you start to hold down the button. And like if it just had like a fake outline of a ring or something around it, or like a little arrow showing a like a circular motion or yeah. something. No, apparently Just even like, the marginally better icon. The, the news, the news posts I was reading were saying that it basically the screen was just white, and people assumed the game was doing some installation or some downloading. Well, it also might have been because I'm not entire. No, I think it generates the universe before that point. Like it, lo- it has a loading pause after the title screen where it's just showing stars going past, and right. I think that's where it's doing the generation. Or at least downloading enough of the nearby universe. Yeah, I mean, yeah. just procedurally generating it. What, you, your console you be, that's all pre-generated isn't it isn't that the point in this no it's all... I'm pretty sure it's not when it's a 2 gig download and it's a 18 million planets or whatever it's all generated 100% procedural 
No, but it's, it wouldn't say it would be generating on your machine. It's been it would have been generated server side, and it would just be streamloading like an MMO. Right? I don't know about that either. I'm here, mm. like the amount of server traffic that comes off this game is really tiny. Like there's basically nothing. That's I think like, I think the algorithm totally against what they've been saying. That this, no, no, how no. This game is built though. Is it? Yeah, because they're saying like we've just been. We've, that's how they know they've got eighteen quintillion planets, right? Or, no, I think they just ran the algorithm yeah. locally and had that be a thing that they can calculate from programmatical... They, I think they algorithm really... is in the game, and the seed is in the game, and it's the same seed for everyone, so they get the same universe for everyone. I right? saw the BBC News report about this game beforehand, and when he said 18 quintillion, he actually said, like, 2 to the 64, and that makes me think it's just like it's just a binary number that is fed into the algorithm, and that's the maximum number they went to. <laughs> Like, it's not, right. they don't know that there's 18 quintillion players. They just know that that's the maximum, that's the maximum integer value or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That strikes me as odd. Because it's like, you know, for, for something, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess I guess that could be true, but that, that seems like a weird weird way to do it. I guess, I guess it's bandwidth happy and allows offline play. Well, yeah, but... that too. Because <laughs> you can play it offline. Because, you know, when the servers go down. <laughs> Or when my fucking internet connection drops continuously, as it has been sure. recently. Yeah. So yeah, it's just like you know that white screen with the button prompt is confusing until you until you know that every function in that game you have to hold down the button to actually make it do it. Hmm. Even on PC, it's the same. I mean, obviously because it's not actually a particularly great port. Let's <laughs> say oh, that for really? a start. <laughs> So it's really obvious, you know, it's got the old, like, mouse acceleration and shit, where you can easily tell that this was a controller game when mm. you're moving the mouse, and it feels really weird. <laughs> so, yeah, and this this weird holding the button mechanism, which seems seems like a more console-y thing for some reason. I don't know why that is just, like, what I think of as being a console control style. I guess it's actually really a mobile phone control style. <laughs> For what sort of things? For like, everything. Like, transfer your inventory, hold down X. Press E to talk to this guy, but you have to hold it down for a second. That, that is a bit odd. Literally. That's not, that's not even strictly a console. That's just, that just strikes me as odd. Well, I, yeah, maybe. The, uh, weirdly, like... There is, does, pressing, does a tap do different action? Then, no. Right? Doesn't. Then why? That's... I guess it's like, so you don't activate things accidentally? I don't know. I guess. Weirdly, there is like one thing where just you don't have to hold. Like when you're scrolling through like pages of your of your like weapon upgrades and stuff, the arrows to scroll through the pages on that for some reason those work instantly. That's like oh, the only case. Every other place where there's arrows oh. to scroll through a list, those you still have to hold. <laughs> and so, like, why is that? Like, I guess probably because in the console, that's probably that maybe specifically is probably on like L and R to page through the oh, upgrade modules. But then why still why hold? That's that's just odd. <coughs> I mean, yeah, with probably a nitpick in the grand scheme of things, but does that that does strike me as a bit bizarre, especially for menus. Unless you're doing like like hold is normally in like console menus is normally reserved for like some important action like you sure you want to craft this yeah hold, hold this thing down until the crafting is all the way done to to commit I mean you know that still happens in the game it's like it's still <laughs> yeah okay you have to hold yeah those it down. kind of processes whereas tap means something different in Metal Gear but if like if tap doesn't mean something different yeah yeah why do true. it it's mm. 
they want to make sure you're fully committed to every action, <laughs> no matter what. Sure. <laughs> Talking to a dude, make sure you're fully committed. Not like you can't just back out of a conversation without it saving the state of the conversation. So, hang on. So, look, we're, we're skating around a lot of things here. Yeah. What is No Man's are. Sky? What is that game? It's like a, a vaguely survival game of just walking around looking at things, aren't they? <laughs> right. So it's, it's like Minecraft, but you can't build anything? Yeah, quite a lot like that, I guess. Mainly what you do in the game is you, you feed shit into your suit and ship constantly. <laughs> it's like the, the, feed your mag. It's very annoying. It's like, as a survival mechanic, it's like your suit is constantly like, oh, your suit, your life support's running low. And then you're like, well, open my inventory and shove some more plutonium in there and then go and mine some more plutonium and then... 20 minutes later, my suit will be complaining again and do that some more. And you're just doing that all the time. And then in your ship, you're like, oh, I better refill my launch thrusters because I've landed again. <laughs> I need to refill my launch thrusters. It's like, there's, it's, a, it's this sort of unnecessary constant. I think I saw a video recently. I think it was probably... I you get past that. I don't know. Maybe. Mm. I think I saw a video recently, I think it was a Jimquisition, where he was talking about, like, uh, he was talking about We Happy Few, I think. It might have been the review or whatever he does. Yeah, he has talked about We Happy Few a but, reasonable amount. But he was but... talking about how, like, it's not a good survival mechanic when it's just, like, babysitting. Sure. Where all you're doing is just constantly feeding stuff into a menu because it requires you to do it. It's like, that's not actually good. <laughs> it's not fun. And you do that quite a lot in No Man's Sky, I guess. It, I mean, some of it should have been automated. Like, if there's fuel in your ship's cargo hold, just assume that that's going to want to go into the fitting that powers the ship. <laughs> or at least have an option to say, automatically, hey, hey, you, can, you, yeah. can, you can do this. I mean, maybe maybe that will be an option at some point. Maybe, I don't know. Well, that sounds like something you'd want, as maybe not necessarily all the time, but like has, yeah, optionally just auto-feed. Yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, technically you can... Like, tell me when you're doing Technically it. you can fuel the ship with three or four different elements, so maybe you want to save a specific one or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we'll maybe see about that at some point. But it doesn't... It's a weird problem that I've been having, because I have been play, like trying to progress it that fast. I've been going quite slow, mm. like hanging around in the first couple of systems and exploring a bit more and collecting more loot and stuff. But it's like... It's hard to get a sense of whether this is that, like, is this going to be like everything, or is there going to be a lot more options? Because it's like I'm going around finding. Where does it go? I'm going around finding like technology upgrades for my mining laser and my gun and stuff. And it's like, okay, so I found like the plus one reload speed upload and the plus one accuracy upgrade or whatever, and the plus one damage upgrade, and then like plus two and plus three, and I'm like, well, okay, that makes sense. So but you're getting a progression of some sort. Yeah. But is it just going to be like, am I going to be getting like plus sevens and plus eights, or is that actually going to be something new and different at some point? Mm. So you found anything weird and wonderful on the new planets? Like, or are they like a bit like Starbound? Well, yeah, they're a bit like Starbound, really. It's like, is this basically just large budget Starbound? <laughs> Maybe, because I think the problem with it is that like it's simultaneously too procedural and not procedural enough. <laughs> Right. Where like the planets, the like actual terrain is like too procedural, which by which I mean I think like they needed to like reduce the density of the procedural function or something because it's like 
It's just like random rocks and shit stick up all over the place, and it's just like it's not. Doesn't look like a nice landscape. You mean? Well, it's like you create beauty. It's it's scaled to like the. Re- it's not repeating because it's procedural, but it's like you feel like the repeatingness of the plants is scaled too into too small of an area. Mm. It's like, oh, here's another arch, and here's another arch, and here's another arch. But that's just how this plant is, and it's the same over the whole plant. Like you can't like get in a ship and then like fly two minutes and be in like the mountains because the oh, mountains right. are vaguely yeah, yeah, yeah. the same as everywhere else. They're just slightly higher up. So basically, plants end up being the same sort of topology, I guess. You call it like over on, the whole surface of the planet, planet. and yeah. like Which I guess the makes scale sense of it you might only land on a little sure, bit. But then, like the scale of it feels too small. Like you can just walk. It doesn't take long before you've seen something you've seen before. Well, it's not that you've seen it before because the actual train generation is this random thing. But it's just like there's not. It doesn't feel like there's enough variance within a planet, mm. even though even though it's constantly varying. But it's like it's constantly varying too into like too small of a set. <laughs> Gotcha, gotcha. The, the the range that it's allowed to vary within, yeah, is a bit small. Uh, and like every planet just has caves for no apparent reason, and they're just like they're like the Minecraft style of caves, where it's just like here's a hole, and you can sort of see how it's procedurally generated a hole where it's just like it's traced a sphere through the terrain and cut away that area of terrain and left a perfectly round hole into it. <laughs> it's the traditional procedurally generated problems where you know stuff doesn't look like natural at all. Once you've seen one procedurally generated mechanism, you've seen them all. It's just like Minecraft is just li- Minecraft's version is just more pixelated, yes, <laughs> more, more square. What? What? So, do you think it does like um, kind of basically water rain simulation of you know no, water bases and eroding of valleys no, and stuff by water really that, that's the way they do it right and often and in if you like want to procedurally generate maps or whatever well, yeah i, saw, I, mean, I saw, saw an interesting i know this is the like worst comparison ever but like the way dwarf fortress does it is extreme but like mm. it's super detailed it does like <laughs> creates the mountains and it erodes yeah. and then it creates rivers and then it readjusts the rivers based on like the water basins and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's like that's how procedurally generated random terrain should be done. But at yeah. a certain point that how much more computationally expensive is it to do that <laughs> for a 3D world? Depends if it's all actually, as you say, being generated locally. I guess it's, mm. it, they, they can't be that complicated because they, they don't want loads, right? Sure. They didn't want it to stop and go, hang on, hang on, this plant's not quite ready yet. Give me a minute. But, you know, yeah. on the other hand... Could they, the, could they just make the approach nice and long? Well, I mean, on the other hand, the planets are quite fucking far apart in some cases. Right, yeah. Like, you can be, even with your warp speed ship, you can be like, this plant is one minute 30 away. It's right, like, yeah, give it a minute 30 to, to, to prepare where you're going. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they could have done some more detail. But they're not, conversely, the ultimate problem that I said, where it's not procedural enough, is like... Every planet you go to, you'll see like, oh, here's the crashed bit of machinery where you get tech upgrades, and here's the obelisk where you get the language upgrades, and here's the specific type of plant that gives you this resource, and the specific type of plant that gives you that resource, and they're only marginally different. Like, oh, this one looks slightly more bulbous at the top, but it's still a red plant with like three prongs, and <laughs> mm. like, I can see why you do it like that because you don't want to confuse people by having every resource on every planet look completely different. <laughs> But it's it's a bit too like really obvious. Where it's like, oh, yeah, the blue yeah. plant gives you platinum, and the red plant gives you four. 
to some extent, yeah, I, I agree. But may, like, do the plants at least change in form? But like, barely, because they're like red. not not really. Mm. It's just like this plant is a bit more bulbous on top, but it's still the red bulbous, bulbous plant. plant. <laughs> <laughs> and the same kind of thing applies to the creatures too. Like the first two or three plants I went to, it like, oh, here's the here's the thing which has huge front legs and tiny rear legs and looks kind of like a deer for no reason like that body shape gets repeated and with like like just different spines and horns and stuff or the little crab monster seen several of them so yeah i don't know whether that's just because i haven't progressed like that it's just showing does it get more yeah does it get more complicated or different as you progress inwards maybe it's potentially possible. Mm. So you'll find out in two yeah. weeks. You'll have, you'll know. Well, maybe. The trouble is that there's also bugs that have kind of oh, no. put me off playing anymore. Oh boy. Well, anymore for now. Not put me off playing it. I would quite like to continue playing it, but there's a bug where when you go to a planet and you scan the life forms and you can upload the scans. You can name them if you really want to. But Jesus, if you're going to name every goddamn animal on every planet, that's going to take a fucking long time. Because <laughs> yeah, right. And you're also going to have to be quite inventive to come up with all these names. Well, you just want to name the funny ones. <laughs> yeah, but they're not. They're so similar that they're not funny. That's the trouble. Mm. But yeah, so you can do that. But then once you scan all the animals on a, on a planet, you can do a special upload there's a special button that unlocks in the menu that like upload the whole set for bonus money or whatever and there's just a bug at the moment where like that just gets stuck and you can't do it any longer oh and and there's also like an actual progression i guess you call them sort of achievements or goals or whatever like there's a there's a various like stats that it tracks like oh how far have you walked and then that levels up over time Hmm. but there's one of those for completed planets and it's like well I've got one, but I can't get any more because it's got stuck and won't let me upload anymore for no apparent reason. <laughs> connection went down? That's what I originally thought. Like, my connection had been spotty or the server had gone down and it got stuck in that, like, state where it knew that I'd uploaded one but hadn't properly uploaded it or something. But sure. it, I then deleted the save and made it... Well, not deleted. Backed up the save and made a new one and started over and the same thing happened. Mm. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure the server was online that time. And your connection didn't go and my connection during, was fine. during your play. And it's just like that whole menu, the planet-like listing menu is kind of bug-busted as well, in a sort of related bug, I guess, where, like, as you mouse over the list, it's supposed to show the information of the planet you're mousing over, but it actually just shows you the information of the planet you're on, regardless of what you're mousing over. <laughs> so you have to click on the planet in the list to highlight it, and then it shows that planet's information. And that includes like the upload box and the creatures and all that stuff. So that may, maybe when they fix that, it will fix the upload problem. Mm. Like maybe it's that because that menu is not properly updating for the right planet. Maybe that's why it's got stuck. I don't know. Hopefully they'll fix. It's just it's just. Is it, do you reckon this might be server load related? No, it does seem like like an actual local kind of bug in the programming. I mm. just wonder what like what it's like on PS4 because mm. I. I think a bug like this where it's it's affecting that specific like progress tracking achievement, that seems like quite an important bug. So if it's not broken on the PS4 and it is broken on the PC, that would maybe make it even more likely that it is some kind of bug that they've just messed up when they were converting it to the to the other system or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, that's kind of annoying. It kind of makes me not want to 
progress when I can't progress. I can't progress. <laughs> yeah. That's that's kind of serious. It's, it's I mean, I we always knew that this game was going to have hype problems, right? That you know, it was, it was, it was never going to deliver on the possibilities that we've been left to imagine. Well, yeah, and that was the problem um, that we've been left to imagine. None of us believed any of that. <laughs> Not they wouldn't. We're, we're, that I mean, we're all we're all smart enough to do that. Yeah. yeah. But this is, this, you're not painting this in a light that makes me enthusiastic about what even was there. Like, you know, uh, my, my hype had already sort of dissipated a bit. Like, you know, we, we'd put the skepticism hat on and yeah. all that stuff. And But even what, like, I was willing to be like, okay, there's probably a decent game in here. It's just not going to be the scope that everyone's talking about. Well, I like, mean, it's like, that's why I'm still, still suspicious of, like, I don't know how much of it there's going to be because, like, because I haven't been progressing and I don't know where it's going. I don't know if there is going to be more because, like, you can craft stuff in your inventory and, like, I've only got one or two early recipes, but, like, the raw resources that you mine, some of them specifically say, are like, oh, you can combine this into an isotope if you have the right, if you have, or, or combine it with other elements if you have the blueprint. And I'm like, mm. okay, so you're going to find additional blueprints at some point that let you turn base materials into more advanced materials and then presumably use those to craft other stuff. It's like, so there's places it could go, but I don't know if it's going to. <laughs> well, it sounds like yeah, there's only A level, at least, of <laughs> more complexity. And but... I mean, I have just been kind of liking just flying around and getting even the basic stuff. Mm. And it's like, I quite like the way it, and and this is maybe something that's only going to be cool right at the start, but I do kind of like finding the language. Like when you're on a on a planet that has one that belongs to one, I mean, I guess all the planets belong to one of the alien races, they just do. Mm. But you find the monoliths that teach you a word of the language, a mm. random word of the language. And then if you talk to one of the aliens... Normally, it just is a bunch of random gar- garbage. But if you know one of the words from the getting it in translation, it shows that word. Mm. And then by being able to see more of the words of what they're saying, that lets you actually work out what they want you to do in response. Oh, so you reckon they might? There will eventually be a bit of a quest system, but you need to know enough to maybe uh, to start on it. But it's still kind of cool, even just at this point, where it's like, oh, this guy said attack, so I know I need to give him ammo and not bandages or something well you could try yeah <laughs> so it's like when you start getting enough words that you're like oh, i could actually interpret what this guy's saying and know what the right response is rather than just sort of guessing from the body language description or whatever right yeah <laughs> that's kind of cool kind of oh yeah i wonder if that goes interesting places like i'd like to hope it does although again also kind of does but suck. am i falling into the hype hole also yeah. again does kind of suck when there's like I know there's at least three alien races and I've pretty much only been focusing on one and I've got like 50 words of that language and I'm still only, every time I talk to someone, I'm seeing like two or three words. Mm. I'm like, that's going to suck if I have to do this for every race to have any chance of understanding all three of these races that I know of. I think that's a neat mechanic. He is a pretty neat mechanic. Yeah. I mean, that reminds me of like, was it the Final Fantasy X? Yeah. Albed language. That, That was kind of cool. Yeah. And it plays into like some of the stuff that's not even talking to alien. Well, I mean, again, this might be a thing that gets more complicated later on, but like at the start, it's kind of generic where you're like, 
when you're activating a beacon, beacon and it's like, solve this math problem to find out where the beacon points to. <laughs> right. And it's just like, oh, this is times two minus one. So the next number must be this. And then you put it in and then that's how you solve the puzzle. It's like, well, that's fine and all, but that's not, exactly, that's not going to be interesting after the first 20 or 30 times. Derp. <laughs> so yeah, seems like it might go places, but maybe it won't. Don't really know. But I'm not going to find out for a while, apparently, because I I want some patches. Mm. <laughs> and also, I guess we should very briefly mention that everyone was super pissed because it didn't work for a lot of people. Because apparently, as it turned out, like the recommended specs were sort of wrong because they were sort of just guesswork. Quite low, aren't they? Like they 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 what they reckon the, the the I don't know if it was the minimum or the recommended, but like the numbers they quoted seemed. Fairly low, like a GeForce 400 series or something. Or Well, I mean, I expect if you turned it all the way down, then maybe it could run on quite low systems. Maybe. But like, the thing about it was that supposedly those sort of specs were sort of guesswork on the part of the devs, and they didn't fully check whether certain things supported certain other things. Like, it requires this certain version of OpenGL right. but the minimum spec card that they initially said didn't support that version of OpenGL it's like they just right. hadn't checked just... the compatibility properly yeah okay so that pissed off quite a lot of people mm. as you would imagine when it's like oh this game doesn't fucking work for me because I'm running this specific architecture or whatever <laughs> and uh. you didn't check that beforehand to make to tell me that that was the case like oh it doesn't support Intel GPUs because what the fuck does support Intel GPUs but <laughs> <laughs> are they actually going to be powerful enough to do that yeah. wow that's sort of yeah in fairness, some of those more modern Intel processors are actually getting fairly reasonable. Yeah, but yeah, so that was just like, and they, I, in that vein, I think they just they made a classic dev mistake of releasing on a Friday. <laughs> right. If you yeah. release on a Friday and you're not willing to come into work for the next two days, then you're basically going to have two days of people shitting on you for it being broken. <laughs> That's yep. a pretty bad idea. <laughs> Always a bad idea. Yeah, never, never deploy on a Friday. Somewhat reluctant to deploy on a Thursday. Yeah, exactly. Leave yourself plenty of time to solve all these problems. So, right, no we'll sorry. have an no update on No Man's Sky next time, I guess. Well, hopefully. Potentially, <laughs> if a patch comes out. Otherwise, we'll hear nothing. <laughs> Apparently, they've been working on... They've, like, they've already, on Steam, made an experimental branch where they've they put a patch that's more of a performance bugs kind of patch, not a bugs that I have kind of patch it works fine for me I say fine but you know my system is quite old nowadays so it's it's only on medium that kind of stuff how, what, how are things like the pop-in because the like, draw distance is kind of low and I say draw distance it's not really draw distance it's like LOD yeah it's like when it turns from the basic procedural to the actual procedural right <laughs> where everything up like, you'll see a little spike in the distance, but as you get close, it's like, oh, that's actually a cubical pillar of rock. Because mm. <laughs> the LOD changes. Yeah, yeah. And that range is quite close, but it's not too bad. You only really notice it when you're flying in from space. Mm. And, yeah, and that, some of the things as you're flying across the planet. That's definitely the, the visual I have in my head. Like, like as it comes in, it's just like, oh, the ground's sort of burgling around in front of me. Yeah. It's not too bad. I mean, maybe I'm not sure. Under, I'm not, not sure if there's an option that would change that because there's not any obvious like draw distance or something. But maybe that would change with like texture detail or some other one shadow mapping or something. I don't know. 
one of those other options might coincidentally also change the draw distance. Mm. Yeah. I, basically, I want the try on your machine to see what it looks like. Fine, we should do that. <laughs> um, maybe we should do videos. Yeah, exactly. Uh, have you have you mucked around with? Have you had many space encounters? Like, or like, what is there to do in space? You get attacked occasionally. Like pirates scan you and come after you, mm. and. It's just like generic space combat. You just rotate, rotate towards the marker and shoot at them. <laughs> is, is it fun enough? Or like... It's kind of difficult because of the mouse acceleration. That's the main problem right. I've been having. Like it's kind of swimmy. Like you'll be like trying to focus in, and it does this weird thing sometimes where when you start shooting at an enemy target, it like zooms in, which I find just makes it really difficult to actually aim. Because like as soon as you start firing, your view suddenly changes. You're like, well, that's just fucked up my aim completely, and also. You can tell that it was, well, I don't know if you could tell that it was made for consoles, but you can tell that there's a shit ton of auto aim. <laughs> like right. you, you don't have to be shooting anywhere near the marker to be able to hit them. Well, it's not really a shooter. I, I guess, just think, but... as far as I can tell, I think shooting nearer to the aim marker just makes it do more damage, which is a sort of okay trade-off, I guess. Yeah, all right. <laughs> but you can definitely see like the hell at auto aim. But yeah, I haven't really seen much of like you occasionally when you fly up from a flight, you'll see all these big ships warp in, and it's like, well, that's window dressing as far as I can tell. I don't know what you if you can do anything with them, hmm. and you can shoot asteroids in space to mine minerals off them, but you might as well just do that on a planet because it's safer. Or... Well, because flying the ship is kind of swimmy, I guess. Right, yeah. It's much easier just to walk up to a thing and shoot it with your mining laser. I don't know if you actually get more off space resources. Maybe you do. I really noticed. Hmm. So yeah. I'm a bit worried that none of these mechanics. Like I, I think the impression we're getting is I'm a bit, a bit worried any of the, the maybe none of these mechanics actually come to anything. Yeah, it's like are they going to go somewhere? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I have. Do they get better? Is the swimminess part of your ship right now? Like, yeah, it becomes more. Or do do those big ships in the distance become something you have to interact with because of the quest lines? Yeah, exactly. Do you meet more advanced alien races as you go on? That you know, does it get more deep that way? Do you find? I presumably you don't find like civilizations and like cities. Well, and... I mean, you get all these dumb little outpost buildings all over the place. Mm. That's another problem of the like the train generation being too dense. If you can land on a planet and be within visual range of like a base, an abandoned base, and an ancient monolith, it's like space those out a bit more. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it sucks having to constantly take off and land, but it looks less dumb if they're all right, like the, if they were all right next to each other. <laughs> They should have made the the bases and stuff like more rare, but more like full. Like when it's right. just like a single shack in the middle of nowhere, and it's like I can open this one technology crate and a few resources. I mean, yeah, maybe they should have been rarer, but a, a more dense. Yeah, yeah, sort of like woo, there's a shack here, yay! So it's like it reminded me of like the original Mass Effect where you'd get like those port cabins just randomly oh, yeah. on, on planets. <laughs> it's like, oh, here's a medkit and a gun up, right? <laughs> These people were living rough on this hostile planet. <laughs> yeah, I was on this death planet. Yeah. Filled, filled with Lava and, and fresher moors. Yeah, that's it. Coraxes. Poor lands. I know. <laughs> Why do you even know that? I don't, you never do Coraxes. <laughs> Did we not? I thought it was that in the first game. Yeah, but it was the fucking impossible, like, uber-optional boss. Oh, yeah, we never, be- we never beat it. But... I think we saw it once and yeah. it died. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. I remember that one. I don't know, that name seems to get about. 
I'm not even sure Cormorax was the first game. That was the second game. There was another one in the second game, similar idea. But I forget uh, whether that was the one that was called Cormorax. We never finished Borderlands 2. So. No. <laughs> okay. That's that. Podcast over. No man's End of podcast. No solid info. <laughs> Oh, one more thing that I want to say that was I found very funny about No Man's Sky. My mum saw that BBC News report. Oh boy, yeah, that was weird. I, I watched that. <laughs> it was a very weird news report. Yeah, I haven't said enough, this. It was enough. It was basically like, hey, UK, UK, UK gaming is hot <laughs> yeah. in Guildford right now. That was basically what they were trying to say. Let, let's go visit Hello Games and say we're making something that could be big. Right, and that was that was news. That was the that was the entirety of the point of this news report. And they sort of name dropped Criterion at one point, and it's like, well, Criterion kind of aren't a thing anymore. It's a bit it's... weird, given that the biggest video game in the world is made in Edinburgh. <laughs> you could just go <laughs> talk to the. I don't know. Anyway, sure, yeah, but yeah, Guildford. Like, but then Guildford's not as big as it once was, right? No, well, and it's like, not like their office is impressive, right? impressive or anything. And if, is it, am I right in thinking it was quite green? It was a tiny remember. little like. Well, it didn't look that special. Yeah. It just looked like... I mean, obviously, they're a tiny studio, so... Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't going to be impressive. Well, and this is a new office. But the interesting thing about that oh. news report is my mum saw it, and then she came to talk to me and whether I was interested in this game. What's going on about No Man's Sky? Except she'd forgotten the name of the game since she'd seen this news report. Right. She, remembered the, she remembered the concept. Well, it was only mentioned once, in fairness. <laughs> That's true. She remembered the concept of the game... So she, in her mind, came up with another a new name for this game. So apparently No Man's Sky is alternatively called Everybody's Space. <laughs> oh, yeah. I quite like that. Although the game would be way more jovial and probably have golf in it. <laughs> yes, exactly. I mean, yeah. She, she remembers the important parts. Like, <laughs> no Man's converts to Everybody's, and then you have Sky, which is obviously space because it's a space game. <laughs> Everybody's face. Everybody's face. <laughs> Man's face. Cool. And that well, was, it was it was great because I like I knew exactly what she was talking about. <laughs> I mean, obviously, the game. It was like, no, it was before it came out. Oh right. So you just asked me whether I was interested, and I was like, yeah, I'm pretty interested, but you know, the hype is getting a bit ridiculous. Mm. Lower lower expectations. Everybody lower expectations. What? what? I just don't know why the BBC. Why did they even do that? <laughs> like because. I know. I why, guess. why was it even on telly? There was no, there was no news there. Well, it wasn't a news news. It was like a click article. I get. Oh, um, yeah. Those things are always terrible. In fairness, but yeah. it's not like it wasn't like the BBC News reports on. I mean, maybe they might. They just never announced it. Is it like August is affecting the actual news? <laughs> well, you know, they have their b- bad months for news where they have to fill time with cats and. <laughs> I mean, the Olympics are on. Sure, but that's sport. There's news. <laughs> You've been watching any Olympics? We haven't talked about that at all. I still haven't got through the opening ceremony, so <laughs> basically wow. no. Okay, I've been I've been like watching it every day, like as much as on the BBC coverage, and it's like uh, you know it's the usual BBC stuff. Right? Well, it's, it's like it's a little too Brit centric for my liking, sure. and they have a real tendency of just repeating themselves over and over again. And nobody likes interviews. There's not been so many of the interviews, right? Oh, like, the I'm, classic. I'm... We think about things that make us swim fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Need more of that. That hasn't ne- been nearly as much as that. Although it is funny listening to like when people interview the Brits. It's like the Brits are like, yeah, you know, we can. Mm, we, I wasn't very happy with that. It's like there's a lot of that this year. 
which is kind of interesting. Like the Brits seem quite down on themselves. Even though we're like getting medals and shit. We're doing all right. If you consider how it's been since like, I don't know, 92 when we first started perceiving the Olympics, we get a shit ton of medals nowadays. We we do all right. Yeah. (laughs) We're like, what, we're third at the moment? We're third, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. For a tiny island. Yeah, exactly. Righto. When does it end? Uh, just one more week 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 to run yeah like all the all the like proper track that stuff is like stuck yeah it's super saturday as they call it because it's sunday now that was yesterday super sunday still an s well yeah there was heptathlon and stuff yesterday and some some medals happened and i think i think there's still some velodrome stuff to come and because there always is because there's always way too much it's like a lot Some of, of these sports need to get their shit in check. Swimming. Right? swimming. My, my big problem. Way too much swimming. The, my big problem is, Way too is, many cycling. Is, yeah, is swimming and the fact that there, there's too many events and that one guy can be good at. Yeah, he can do all of these different events. I mean, it's sometimes like that in the track where it's like 100, 200, 400. They're all basically the same. Sort of. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm more okay with those, I guess. But it's like in swimming, you have that. And then you have them times four for all the various stroke types. And like the medley, where it's like, oh, do all four of them at once? Yeah, <laughs> so many swimming. I don't, I, like swimming drives me up the wall. It's like, I have no problem with it as a sport and I it has a place there. There's just too many events. Yeah. It, like there's too many medals available in the pool. And then someone like Thel- Thelps, Thelps, <laughs> Thelps. <laughs> comes along and just wins them all. And it's just like, he's the most decorated man in history. Well, like, of course he is, because there's so many <laughs> swimming events. He's a swimmer. <laughs> cheating. Oh. Divide it by three, and then we'll see you the real numbers. Yeah, like. it, it, I, I have a bit of a problem with that. It's like, if you're a swimming enthusiast, great, this is your time. <laughs> like, they should only do the medley, and that should be the, like, that should be the swimming <laughs> yeah. style. What, you say that, like, in track, they should only do the relay? Or, I suppose it's still running. Like run backwards. No, they should do one it. step. They should skip this section. They should make a new version of the relay where it's the where it's the combined distance relay where you have one guy who does the hundred meters, one guy who does two hundred, one guy who does four hundred, and then one guy who does ten thousand or something. <laughs> <laughs> Just combine all of the distances into one event consecutively. <laughs> or do it in reverse order. You do your like your long distance one first. Yeah, I guess and then because of timing. Short, then you get shorter running. You want yeah. the dramatic bit right near the end. Yeah, yeah. Although, side. arguably, by the time you got to the 100 metres, you could be, like, t- 20 minutes ahead or something. Yeah, maybe. You wouldn't, you wouldn't do a 10,000. <laughs> no. That You'd have to have a somewhat shorter event. Like, and maybe a 1,000. All the, all the track distances, not the outside of the stadium distances. They sort of do some pretty long races, don't they, on, well, the, I on, guess. The, on the track? I guess okay. the 10,000 probably is a track distance, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, that's the Olympics. They should have less medals. Dun, dun, dun. There's also been a lot of like little, like organisational problems with it and stuff that are kind of interesting. Like the green swimming, the green diving pool was fun. That was weird. Yeah, I can't believe that like they tested it and they were like, "That's yeah, fine." <laughs> and it clearly wasn't fine. Like it's like they did eventually say, "Oh, there was a pH imbalance and that caused the chemicals to go green rather than the normal blue." But also, how did they not know that that's what it was? I mean, yeah. Because you'd think people who have run swimming pools for any period of time would have seen that at least once before. What did, like, Rio, <laughs> Rio, Rio basically just contracted everything in from other countries to build all this stuff? And then they're like, well, we don't know what... Rio, like, well, the fuck with it. Yeah, they built we it just pushed this on switch. Yeah, they built it on and then they went home and it's like, well, what's all this stuff? 
How does he work? And it's like there's like there's been judges kerfuffles in the diving as well. That was kind of interesting to watch them muck around the Mexicans. I want to say, um, yeah, that was kind of a mess. And you know, people have been complaining about the the, the number, well, just the design of the cycling courses and like because of the danger factor in some sections. Yeah. And you know, that was a Polish lady got herself really quite badly hurt and. They were saying even during I was watching the ladies' marathon today, and it's just like, well, you know, there's uh, the team support hasn't been very good in spots, and like the actual like water stations haven't been very well organised in some places, and they like there's these shower things that I didn't even realise they put on the side of the thing, but they're so badly designed that the mist that they create doesn't actually re- get low enough to like be <laughs> it just really, evaporate, yeah, <laughs> to really reach the runners. It's like silly things like that that they're just saying this whole thing hasn't, it, you know, it's it's functional, but it's not that well organized. Yeah, and, but I mean, and like all of the venues seem really empty. Well, like, mean, there's a good like only twenty percent filled. Whereas like I remember London being like capacity most of the time. But there's a slight difference in like the layout of the country that was. Well, I guess, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is in Rio some of it, and I guess the people in the villas can't actually go afford to go in there. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's it, it's a bit. It's a bit of a weird one. Yeah, but you only... The events are fine. You're only thinking that now because we're in the middle of it. Like, you probably don't remember all the weird bullshit that happened in China or London. No, not at all, (laughs) to be honest. No. So you probably think that it's worse than it actually is when it's actually just like, this is just what it's like hosting a ridiculously complicated event over a week, two weeks. Yeah, (laughs) maybe. I honestly don't remember anything, like, bad about Beijing or London other than the local stuff about the London, like, and then putting, like, anti-aircraft guns, <laughs> like, in various spots around the city. And that was only a problem because someone found out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, someone hired my roof to put, like, a Sam in placement. <laughs> like... You need some NDAs on that shit. <laughs> I just wandered up there and just got shot. <laughs> like, should be here for terrorist. <laughs> They have actually been playing that some music that sounds like that in several, <laughs> several events, and I'm like, "Yep, this is Rio." Wow, yeah. And also, like the BBC, at least get to reuse their studio over Copacabana, at least after yeah. the World Cup. Convenient, but, yeah. We, we just left our stuff there for two years. <laughs> this podcast is done. Get off your butt. Go hit a button. Also, I ran further than I've ever run before yesterday. I felt really bad for the rest of the day. Yeah. It's like nearly eight miles. Well, seven miles probably. But hey, that's still a distance record. In three seconds. Yeah. It's still nothing, but you know. (laughs) Don't do it, but you feel really bad afterwards. (laughs) Yep. I'm a little bit Talk us out then. Bye. <laughs> no, no thanks for listening to anything. <laughs> you survived this long. Thanks for listening. Oh my goodness. Go some, shove some more plutonium in your spacesuit. You're probably running low on life support. Bye. <laughs>